0: You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. We are back on the Oz Network for week number two of Jennifer Garner Month, and it's birthday week. Happy birthday, Jamie. Not yet. Almost birthday week. Uh, Well, it is birthday week. I mean, it's coming in a few days. uh, And we are celebrating today's episode in honor of Jamie's birthday by making her watch a movie she'd never seen before, and I kind of get the impression she didn't like. But it's also Jennifer Garner's birthday. You guys share a birthday, which is very exciting, isn't it?
1: Well, she's pretty much one of the coolest people to share my birthday, yeah.
0: Well, the coolest. Well, between her and Sean Bean, it's tough to say. But um, it's birthday week, and we are moving up to The Odd Life of Timothy Green, the odd movie that most of you probably haven't heard of. I hope you check out. And
1: it's on Disney+. Plus.
0: It's on Disney Plus, yeah. Um, so it's easy to check out. Um, I was going to say it's free, but no, you have to pay for Disney. But uh, yeah, the odd life of Timothy Green. This is a 2010 movie uh, that uh, Jennifer Garner starred in with another one of the greatest people to ever live, Joel Edgerton. I mean, we had Mark Ruffalo last week. We have Joel Edgerton this week. It's just Jennifer Garner just finds all my favorite actors and makes movies with them. I guess.
1: I actually don't really know him from that many movies, but he is a good actor.
0: You've seen him in a lot of movies, I think. Well, for one, Star Wars. I, I mean, my Uncle mem- Owen. My memory's pretty bad. He's coming back as Uncle Owen in the Obi-Wan TV series oh next month. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Warrior with him and Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte. You love that movie. Yeah, I think it was a good one. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Joel Edgerton. He's an amazing guy. Uh, but yeah, and Jennifer Garner is amazing. And you put them together and it makes it all the more amazing. And I don't care what you say about this movie. Too, this too movie- bad he's, he's not like
1: super hot though.
0: You you've said before you really were into him.
1: No, I, I like he's he's attractive, but he's not like even on the level of Henry Cavill. Or
0: okay, well, not, or, nobody's on the level of Henry Cavill for you. Is he on the level of Mark Ruffalo? Uh,
1: I mean, Mark Ruffalo is cute and charming, but again, he's not like hot. There's there's different categories. Remember, it's the same even for you. You have like dreamy, like cute, hot, just like dirty. <laughs>
0: You just, you were just describing me. Those are all my <laughs> those are all my descriptions.
1: No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm saying those. No, no, no. Those... I'm
0: saying you just described Colin. That's what that's what everybody says about me. Dreamy, hot, <laughs>
1: dirty. You're you know. the you're pretty much the furthest thing from dirty. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, but anyways, the odd life of Timothy but, Green.
1: But you are more handsome than even Henry Cavill.
0: Absolutely, um, and way more than Joel Edgerton, apparently. Yes. But uh, the odd life of Timothy Green. Uh, the movie about Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton growing a child in their garden. <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous, uh... but it's it's a very nice movie. And uh, we, Is it? I, we tried not to talk to her in this movie. You let it be known several times you were not digging this movie at all, no. uh, which every time you have voiced a complaint about the movie, I said, you are complici- compl- compl- You are making me stumble on my words. <laughs> this is how I am You are completely missing the point with this movie. Uh, and it's funny that we mentioned 500 Days of Summer last week, uh, a movie that I thought you completely misinterpreted, because yeah. uh, I feel like this is the same thing. Like every complaint you had about this movie, I'm going to shoot down because I think that you completely missed the point. But okay, let's talk about it. Well, g- give give us uh, your opinion in a second. We still got to introduce ourselves, right? Uh, I was going to say my name is Colin. Uh, dreamy, sexy, d- dirty, no, but I, I won't say that. Um, <laughs> I'll introduce myself properly. My name is Colin and I'd seen a lot of pencils, but I'd never seen one quite like your mom.
1: What? Was that a quote in the movie? Yes. Oh, my name is Jamie and...
0: <laughs> 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 We're just we're just racking up the Jennifer Garner musical sequences here. We got Thriller, we got Lowrider. This woman could do it all, right? Sure. All the hits of the, the 70s, the 80s. Um, <laughs> we'll see what she sings next week in Draft Day. But anyways, give me your quick take on The Odd Life of Timothy Green, and then get ready for me to argue with you on every point.
1: So I think it's probably going to be a pretty short recording, probably, because...
0: Oh, you'd think that.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see. It's definitely going to be short on 13 going on 30 because we both really love that movie and we pretty much examined it to pieces. But this movie, honestly, you know, I, I really wanted to actually like it and I, I never went through the effort to watch it before. So I, I've never seen it. I vaguely knew what it was about. Um, in even in the past with the years, you telling me that you like this movie and I should watch it and it's totally my thing, blah, blah, blah. No, I just didn't watch it because I thought, no, it's super boring. And, you know, I had so much hope because I started watching this movie and I really felt for them in the beginning with the whole, like, infertility stuff and them struggling to, you know, have a child of their own and things like that just because, I I mean, before we got married and before we were even you know thinking about having kids um I have PCOS and I didn't even know if I would actually be able to have kids and so I always had you know that that fear that I'd never been able to and then you know other stuff happened that made me scared we'd never be able to have kids so I kind of related to that a little bit and I was like oh you know I'm, I'm kind of into this this is good and then honestly pretty much everything after that I was like this movie is so stupid And I'm, I'm okay with movies that, you know, are whimsical or, and I'm okay with movies that are whimsical and, you know, not entirely based in reality. But this movie was just so, again, stupid. I
0: completely
1: disagree with you. The kid was such a bad actor.
0: No, he was an adequate actor. And
1: everybody in the movie was entirely unlikable, except for the parents and the, this random girl that that he meets, which the, it's pointless, really.
0: So, a couple things you completely misinterpreted. That I'll get into later on. The first thing I just want to address about you saying everybody in this movie is unlikable. Yeah. The whole point of this movie is to kind of expose people's flaws, things that necessarily nobody's going to be perfect on, right? That's the the purpose of this movie. It's about these parents that suddenly get a child, and they they are essentially trying not to make all these mistakes and they don't make mistakes anyways. I mean, this is life. And I think a lot of those unlikable characters, there are moments that they're unlikable, which is a point of any character in any movie. No, so, uh, no.
1: It's a town <laughs> full of jerks and they're always jerks. <laughs>
0: well, how is that different than 13.30? How is, many likable people? literally
1: no redeeming moment for these people in this movie. Not only no redeeming moment where they realize their behavior needs to change and they're actually nice, uh, and there's, Wrong. and there's no, uh, karma either.
0: Wrong. No. Why karma? You this, see, this is the problem with the world today. Everybody wants anybody who's made a single mistake in their life to suffer it's from now until mistake. the end of time.
1: These people were douchebags for the whole movie. No, they weren't. And yes, we'll point, were. I will point and out there was several like points. And like a point towards the end of the movie where there was like a whole town meeting and they were laughing at this kid and stuff like that. And everybody was okay oh, with
0: that. Let's, let's also go back and watch that scene. I will play it for no. you.
1: I don't want to watch it ever again. No thanks.
0: I will play that scene for you again. You immediately jumped on that, saying everybody's laughing. I'm like, there are five people out of a, a room of 150 people laughing. And then they immediately cut to, as the, uh, the parents are defending the child at that point, that you're saying everybody's laughing at them. They immediately cut to the back of the room where you see the majority of the people sitting there nodding, agreeing with the parents. So you completely made up your mind that you're going to no, see somebody's that's,
1: that's not obvious at
0: all. Anyways, I'm not saying this is. You know the greatest film ever made. It I'm sure saying, isn't. I'm saying this is an enjoyable movie, and I I watched this when it came out, and I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. I I it's not a movie I've watched. I think this is only the second time I've ever seen it. By the way, I was wrong. It wasn't 2010. It was 2012. This movie came out. It's it's something that I just thought this is a nice likable movie. And I mentioned last week I see a lot of similarities with this in the movie phenomenon from the nineties with oh John Travolta. Don't don't even put it's, that in the it's sentence. It's a supernatural No, don't you got put a it supernatural th- fairy tale twist to a small town story and just to sappy a good drama. Movie. That's actually a good movie. I prefer Phenomenon to this, but I'm saying that they're very similar. Another one that's very similar is Bridge to Terabithia. You remember that movie? You really liked it.
1: Yes, and that's actually a good
0: movie. Well, this I, is an awful movie. I think that this you know movie what? is if, good. If,
1: if this didn't have Joel Edgerton or Jennifer Garner and it had some at- actress and actor that you don't like, you honestly probably would not have enjoyed the movie as much. I think that you enjoyed it mostly just because they had two of your favorite people.
0: Because, that helps, be- but because, it's still like, a good Because, like, honestly, movie. for
1: me, like, I could care less. I mean, I like I like both of them, uh, Jennifer Garner more. But uh, a bad movie is a bad movie.
0: This is a bad movie. It is not a bad movie.
1: It is a bad it movie. It is not a bad movie. The, the, we'll the the get kid, into it. The kid is such a bad freaking actor. He's not. And you know what? I am always the one defending kids in movies because you and Ben are always like, <laughs> I hate that kid. that kid. That kid should, like, go and die and, like fall and break their neck or something like that you guys are awful just saying the stuff about kids like that kid's the worst <laughs> you know st- stuff like that but I'm always defending kids and this kid was such a bad actor just so lame sorry
0: well I don't think he was that bad he w- he was he not was. he was not the greatest child actor I've ever seen but he he fit the role now get into this in a second um so this movie, it was uh, written originally by one of Frank Zappa's kids. I don't know if you know who Frank Zappa is, but he's a very strange man, a very strange musician. And it was directed by Peter Hedges, um, who was the screenwriter of What's Eating Gilbert Grape, A Map of the World, About a Boy, the writer of About a Boy, previously written and directed the movies Pieces of April and Dead in Real Life. Uh, this actually uh, was not the most recent movie he made. He made a movie called Ben is Back uh, a couple of years ago as well. Uh, but this movie... Really, the director, Peter Hedges, has said that he he wanted to make this movie kind of about, you know, the flaws of parenting. And it was a movie kind of... And that, that's, I think, what you're missing in this movie. There's a lot of things I'm going to point out where it's like, you know what? You can relate to this if you actually think about it. But the idea of this movie, we're going to jump pretty much right into the plot here because apparently you don't want to talk about anything else. But the idea of this movie, as, as it starts, is you have this couple, uh, Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton, maybe tied for the greatest movie couple of all time. And they're at an adoption hearing, I guess. So they're meeting of these adoption experts or a board or whatever, and basically trying to petition that they should be allowed to adopt a child. Uh and through this meeting, they want to give the backstory. They're told you can say whatever you want, and they're like, well, we're gonna tell you a story about a boy who grew out of the ground. And like this is this is totally a fairy tale like story, but I like that this movie, like Phenomenon or Bridget is kind of just grounded more in real life. Uh, so, throughout the, um, the backstory, or, th- throughout this movie, we're gonna keep cutting back to this backstory, but the present day stuff is just them talking for, what, an hour or so to these, uh, adoption, whatever people. Um... You're already, like, zo- zoning out here and nodding off. Uh, this is a fun movie, and I told you this is going to be a good episode. Anytime people can argue, it's a good episode. Happy birthday, by the way, Jamie. I- I'm going to argue with you. Uh,
1: just wake me up when it's my turn.
0: <laughs> you need to pay attention, otherwise you've got nothing to argue with.
1: Oh, I'm listening. I'm
0: just- so you- they're basically being told by their fertility expert that they're, sorry, it's not going to work, you're not going to have children, and they even say, you couldn't have tried any harder, which I thought that line was great because – How can you identify the parents trying to conceive have could not have tried any harder? Like, does this mean that they had sex like 24 hours a day? Have they been having sex every single day for the last 365 days for the last 30 years? Who knows? No, uh, but... no. It's, it's probably not about that. It's probably just that
1: they've explored every single method that they could. Well, like, they, they like, could have... Like IUI and IVF and all this other stuff I like
0: get what the point is, because but when you... the
1: doctor said at great cost to
0: you. Right. I get the point of what he's saying, but when you, then you're going to say you have done everything you can do, not you couldn't have tried harder. <laughs> you can't try hard at anything other than trying to conceive, but anyways... That's just a line that I thought you would have found funnier, but apparently you don't. No. Uh, and we get some of the background here that Joel Edgerton works in a pencil factory. Uh, Jennifer Garner works at the Pencil Factory Museum. This is just a small town. This is their only economy. They have a factory that makes pencils uh We get a couple little things that'll tie into the plot, like there's a drought warning going on. We get them at home, kind of. I'm not gonna say moping, that sounds bad, because these are parents who've just been told you're never gonna have a child. Uh, but she's basically like, I, I want to move on from this. And Joel Edgerton says, I don't want to move on. And he basically, they don't even start a fight here. What I really like, and, and this is a scene that, like, you gotta get behind this scene. They're like, we're not gonna have a child. We're gonna sit here and we're gonna imagine what our child would be. And they write down all these notes. This is what I want my child to be. Do you remember any of the notes they wrote? Yes. Name them.
1: Like super big heart, musical, artistic, uh, honest to a fault, funny.
0: You're missing the important one that's going to come up later.
1: What? Oh, yeah. Kicks, the winning goal.
0: Yeah. So they make all these wishes. Now, this is something I think any parent can relate to because you wish for what you, you, you want your kid to be. I,
1: I literally never thought about. Anything. Oh, you liar. No. No, the only, I will point the, the, out the only thing that I will be very clear. The only thing that I was like 100% on is with your brother when they were praying for her, uh, their oldest to have pizzazz.
0: No, no, that was their dog. That wasn't their oldest. They wanted a dog with pizzazz.
1: No, I'm pretty sure it was their oldest.
0: It wasn't. It was their dog. But move on.
1: Okay, never mind. Cut, <laughs> cut, cut that, cut that.
0: No, I'm not cutting it. It was a, it was a dog, not a child. No, I'm I, keeping that in. No, I think I think you're wrong. I'm, I'm right. Not, it was a dog, not right. a child. No. Because they had a dog that tore apart their apartment, and they had to get rid of it within two months. I don't remember. Anyways,
1: I, didn't, I just didn't want a kid with pizzazz.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to remind you. But, but anyways, the whole point of this movie is they wish for all these things, and it comes true when they eventually get the kid. But I want to remind you of some of the things that you wish for. When we were having our first child... You wished for, repeatedly. I want a kid that's smart like you, Colin, and that's funny like me. Now, we have a child who is smarter than we're comfortable with. This is a kid who learned how to spell the alphabet backwards uh, before he was three years old. He taught himself how to read. He also is an escape artist who knows how to break out of any lock we've given him. Uh he can solve any problem, he can get into anything, uh, and he causes all type of mischief because of how smart he is. You want a kid that was funny. We got a kid with so much personality that is so hilarious, but also thinks that he's the funniest person in the room, and all we hear twenty-four-seven is ha 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 ha
1: ha You know, I, I didn't laugh like that, but I've always thought like isn't that funny? Isn't that funny?
0: Yeah. You're one of these people who it's like, as long as you're laughing, you don't care that somebody else is annoyed. And you got that child. So two things you wish for. Now I'm going to remind you of something okay, else.
1: Okay, but I didn't
0: laugh 24-7 like that. No, but, but I'm going to remind you of something else. After that, we had twins. You told me after the fact that you were praying for twins. Yes, I did. And we got twins. Yes. And you know what? I'm not saying that, that it's bad to have a kid that's that smart, uh, a kid that's that's funny, or a... Uh, kids that are twins but I'm saying once you got it you're like uh, there's a bit of a twist that comes with this wish I had.
1: Yeah but you know what though I always wanted three kids and it wasn't about like trying to get like a certain gender or anything like that. I honestly just always wanted three kids and you were like no Jamie max two <laughs> and I was like oh come on come on no max So we two. got three
0: kids on two tries
1: yeah essentially but
0: you see what I'm saying though right there were certain things you wish for and then you got it But it comes with a twist, and that's kind of what this movie is. So can you relate to that and identify with it a little bit more now that I said that? No. Oh, come on. You're just being difficult now.
1: No, I I really honestly am not trying to be difficult. I really just dislike this movie. Okay,
0: so they sit there. I I think it's basically the biggest waste of time. (laughs) I honestly... We sat you, through the you, craft and the craft remake. You, Don't tell me this is the biggest waste of time. No, no,
1: the craft is still better than this movie. Oh,
0: the craft is garbage. And even Rossi no, said it was you garbage. Know
1: what? You, you You might tell me to get out of this house when I tell you this, but this was just as much of a waste of my time watching as watching Twilight.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. It okay, was so You know what? Bad. I take it back. Happy birthday, Jennifer Garner and Sean Bean on Sunday. Jamie, you're dead to me. <laughs> and I'm going an-
1: Fine, I won't make you any food or clean for you or nothing.
0: <laughs> well, I wished for a wife who would make food clean for me, and now it comes with a twist. Yeah, definitely. you have to do it yourself. But um, you're going to have to pay a mortgage yourself. How about that? This is how marriage
1: works. <laughs> no, you're my sugar daddy.
0: <laughs> uh, then you like this movie, right? Right? No. Oh, come on. Anyways, so they make these lists of all the things they want for the kid, and it's it's got them pick back up again, their spirits are picked back up they decide to bury this outside they decide to put it in a box, bury it in the ground they go to bed, all of a sudden there's a big rainstorm, or we think there's a big rainstorm I don't know if you caught the cool effect that uh, there was there, but um, uh, when when it stops raining, you actually see the raindrops going back up into the sky, did you see that? No, okay. I saw I saw
1: like the soil coming up from the ground or whatever
0: Okay. Uh, One thing I just want to point out is a slight technical flaw in this movie. They bury this underneath a patch of crabgrass. You can't kill crabgrass. There's no way this kid dies at the end of the movie. Spoiler. I'm sorry. But the crabgrass should have given him eternal life. If this kid had been born with crabgrass growing out of his legs, he never would have died. I
1: was just going to say, yeah, he should have just had crabgrass on his legs. (laughs) (laughs) He should have had crabs.
0: Let's not go that far. Um, (laughs) So anyways, uh, they basically after this rainstorm stops and everything uh, they hear all this noise and the kid there's a dirty kid running their house and they find the dirty kid in their bed and he's just a full-grown boy so this is kind of the premise of the movie the boy comes true he grows out of the garden but they've got him full grown. They've got him uh, you know, at what the age of ten or whatever. And this also is going to be important later in the movie. When I think you missed the point of the movie. But uh, the, the open, you you said you were with the opening of the movie. So tell me what you liked about the opening of this movie.
1: Okay, well, you know what? It's just so many things don't make sense, and so many things are so pointless. It's like, a fairy tale about a kid like, growing out of the ground. What do you need to make sense about it? Well, no, I'm ju- I'm just saying that it's not well thought out, not well executed. <laughs> <coughs> Just Say that again. I'm just saying it's not well thought out, it's not well executed. You know, the thing is, is oh, I lost my train of thought. Now, what was I saying? Oh,
0: I wish for a wife who was able to lose her train of thought.
1: Well, sorry, I got all these kids, and every with every single kid, and my brain got less and less. And, I and got... that's
0: the twist that comes with you wanting three kids. Okay, well, you then... lose three times the amount of brain well, cells. Well,
1: it's a good thing that we didn't have six. Uh... What you <sighs> liked yeah so I'm trying to remember what it was now it was some, it was something that just made no sense yeah like okay now remember so the whole thing of like uh, the end of the movie uh, when he apparently knows that he knows enough information about what's going on with where he came from or whatever about when his leaves go like he dies or whatever spoiler oh do I keep going yeah oh, I you- <laughs> I'm
0: not cutting that it's a joke
1: oh okay Anyways, um, you know, he, he knows all that, but again, like y- you, never get any type of like real explanation of, you know, how he came to be other than like, oh, lightning struck a box and it's magic. He
0: didn't strike a box. They wished for a kid and they got him. Okay. But
1: it's, it's just dumb. Like, like why, why? What's did- the
0: explanation for John Travolta getting psychic powers and phenomenon? There is none. No, I know it's just it. It, fe- it feels stupid. It's a genre, and this is the only time you've ever criticized this genre. It's, it's just a bad movie. Okay, so tell me about what you like, because you said you you were with this movie up to a certain point.
1: Yeah, I w- I really went past that. No. <laughs> when, when, if you you clearly don't when, listen to
0: when, the show that when, you're on.
1: When they were told that they were infertile. Yeah. And I said past that, like when the kid basically came into the picture. Trash movie.
0: Okay, so we're at the point where the kid comes to the picture. Yeah, trash Everything up
1: until there, tell me what you liked. I already did. <laughs> Are you listening to what I said? I said that I said the reason why I liked it because you know, this is a family that was trying for a kid. I've always wanted to be a mom since I was little. Like honestly, that was the only thing I've ever wanted is just to be a mom. You know, some people dream about this or that, but that was it. Um I have PCOS, which again, I already mentioned, I didn't know if I'd be able to have kids. So I was very scared about that. And then we, we got pregnant and we actually had a miscarriage and that made me scared that I wouldn't be able to ever have a baby. And so just watching, you know, stuff like that, it pulls up my heartstrings a little bit more because, you know, I I know that feeling of, you know, despair and is it ever actually going to happen? Um, We were very fortunate to actually basically have our kids without any issues really that way.
0: <laughs> Let, let's have it be known. Our kids have issues, but all kids have issues. Well, no,
1: I'm talking just as far as conception goes. You know, like Casper, it was two months of trying and the twins, it was the first month. That That never happens. You know, that that's, that's a miracle. That never happens. And so, you know, I was scared though that I would never be able to have kids. And so, you know, when I see stories like that, It just, it makes me feel for them a little bit more. But then again, when, when that scene was over and it was like, they wished for, even them coming home and doing everything, like wishing for the kid. I don't know. I just, it just felt dumb. I don't know.
0: Jamie has no heart. You know, Ben has claimed I'm the one on the show for what, six years now who doesn't have a heart. I'm saying right now, Jamie has no heart.
1: Sure, if that's what you want to say. Usually, I'm always the one that's like, I'll buy that movie. I'll buy that movie. I never trash it or bin a movie. I would
0: bin this movie. Oh, you're binning it already. No, I told you. Give me a chance. I've got more holes to put I,
1: I told you when we were watching the movie that I would never actually watch it again, and I wasn't lying.
0: Okay, well, I would say that... Uh... By the end of this, I might bump you up to a rent, but I also know that you're too stubborn to admit when you're wrong, so it doesn't matter what argument I make, you're just gonna stick by your bin.
1: No, that's not true. If you have <laughs> if you have good points in something, then usually I'll change my mind. But that being said, you guys trashed the craft, and that was like one of my biggest nostalgic movies from my youth. And after we reviewed it, I was like, wow, it really is bad. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I would still watch it even though it was bad. This is bad and I wouldn't I wouldn't have the desire to watch it again.
0: Okay, but I I still will be curious to see if I can poke some holes in uh, your um, flaws that you see in this movie. Uh, But we'll we'll see. Can you watch
1: it poke some holes in me?
0: Family movie here. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's uh, jump back in the movie. Now, I'm going to say from this point on, I feel like we're going to breeze through a lot of this stuff because now's my chance to actually admit some fault with this movie. Um, I think if this movie has one problem, it's that it never should have been a movie. And this has kind of become an overdone thing now where people will just always say, oh, they should have made it into a TV show or they should have made it into a miniseries as opposed to a movie or the other way around. You know, they'll see a miniseries or a TV show and they're like, ah, they should have just done it into a movie. I honestly believe that this would have been much more suited for just a one-season miniseries, you know? Because you just start going into all these individual sequences showing this kid. And I feel like because there's so much that actually happens, you don't really get a chance to connect with any emotional story from this point on. Uh, but uh, once we're at the end of this, I want you to kind of imagine if you would have responded to this better, maybe longer form. No. Uh <laughs> That is that stubbornness I was talking about. I'm not stubborn. No. <laughs> I won't even hear you out. Uh, so basically, Timothy Green here, the little boy. Uh, before we get the name Timothy Green, uh, I love the way that this reveal is. I mean, the the audience obviously knows at this point; they've seen the trailer. a kid grew out of the ground, a kid grew in the garden, but the parents just sort of saw a kid, you know, a muddy kid in their house. And I love the reveal here. They they have where Joel Edgerton's calling the police and he's like yeah you know I I, I I, I, don't know how to say this and then as he does that he looks out in the garden he's like wait a second what's that giant gaping hole in the garden and then at that very moment you're cutting to Jennifer Garner having the kid in the bath and she sees the leaves or whatever on him and she's like wait a minute there was that thing in the garden, and they both just say to each other, "No, you need to see something," and it's like, "No, no, no, you need to see something." Uh, that that at least you got to give me that was kind of a clever reveal with like the parents suddenly look, like, what? <laughs> both of them kind of coming to this realization in completely different ways.
1: Uh- I honestly wasn't interested. Stubbornness. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't interested at all. I honestly thought that the kid was going to have like tree trunk legs or something. That, <laughs> that That might have been a little bit more interesting than him having feet with just these dinky little leaves <laughs> hanging off of his legs.
0: I mean, better than dinky leaves hanging off his little dinky. His little chicken legs. Okay. Uh, but uh, then the police show. Come on, give me at least this one. When the police come, because Joel Edgerton's called the police. He basically hung up the phone before he could go into any details. But they eventually come. And at this point, they realize, no, like this kid, I think this kid's meant to be ours. So when the police come, he's suddenly not telling them anything, you know, and then the police are like, oh, all suspiciously, is there something you're not telling us? And he's like, well, what? And it's like, uh, we have a drought going on. You know, g- hand over your sprinklers now and we'll ignore this offense because we saw that thing earlier about the drought. And he's just like, no, it rained. And they just start laughing at him. It was like, It rained just over your house and nowhere else. And it's still a moment, even though they've seen a kid grow out of the garden, it's, it's like this moment where Joel Edgerton is still like, I I well, like is that but possible you know
1: what, though if they looked really hard like I thought about that afterwards I'm like you know if they looked really hard they would see that like you know the side of the house was wet the roof like the top of the trees like how many sprinklers would this man have to own for everything to be that wet, well,
0: and it, it, is, it is so
1: ridiculous. Just like <laughs> everything else in
0: this movie. No, is hold so on again. Ridiculous. You are jumping to the conclusion of saying, "Oh, this is such a plot hole, so ridiculous." Not, they clearly, it's not, no, no. It's not listen just about it being a plot hole. It's just dumb. No, it's not that dumb because they, first of all, it's nighttime. Second of all, this clearly is not their priority. And third of all, they're obviously letting him off the hook, anyways. Because even when he says, "No, it rained," they're like, "Really, it rained over just your house?" I'm like, <laughs> have a good night, Joel Edgerton, which is apparently his name. Joel Edgerton Green is his name in this movie.
1: No, what is his what? name? Is it like Steve or something? Steve?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't we just call him Joel? We're just going to call him Joel and, and Jennifer anyways. Uh, what are their names? I have me curious here. Uh, so it's James and Cindy. So you weren't you weren't far off Steve James. I guess they're both common names. Um, so anyways, the police, as I said, it's not dumb because they, they're clearly just letting them off the floor. Oh, you and your crazy stories. And they're just willing to leave anyways. It's they're not, not investigating. It's
1: not dumb in your opinion.
0: It's not an opinion. These guys are clearly not trying to investigate, and they clearly don't care that much. Just, Anyways. just
1: like me about this movie. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, again, happy birthday, Jennifer Garner. I'm sorry that we picked the movie that Jamie was going to trash on. Well, it's, uh,
1: it's not her. She has re- a lot of really great movies. I love her in almost anything, and I'm not saying she was bad in this. It was just a bad movie. I mean,
0: you said you like them in this movie, right?
1: Um, I mean, Joel Edgerton, I honestly didn't really like in this movie, but... Jennifer Garner, she was okay. She was just okay. Do you want to get
0: out of my house for saying you don't like something about Joel Edgerton?
1: Fine. Have fun raising the kids and doing everything
0: yourself. Fine. Have fun paying your mortgage. I feel like we had this conversation 10 minutes ago, didn't we?
1: Uh, I know somewhere that I could go for free. What about you? I, I wouldn't have to go somewhere for free because I'm paying a mortgage.
0: I know. And then you'll have to look after the kids too. Uh, tell me how any of this th- impacts me in any way. You know what? This, I w- is, this I w- is how, Let's just this say is,
1: I wouldn't have to worry so, about
0: so, it. Okay? so Steve and Cindy, um, fictional characters. This is a glimpse into what your life will be like eventually. We just start fighting. Fine, then you can watch the kids. Fine, then you can pay the mortgage. This is just where you would have been headed if uh, Timothy stuck around. But uh, will they reveal the name Timothy Greenlight, Or he says his name is Timothy or whatever? Um, I like this is when they're like suddenly like okay, hole in the garden, leaves on his legs, and they said we had fifty four girl names we picked and only one boy name that we liked. And that's the name this kid has. Like, obviously, this isn't a coincidence.
1: I just have to say, some people might say, what? Okay, come on. They have that many girl names and only, like, one boy name. But then it did take me back to when we were pregnant with our kids. And we had the hardest name coming, uh, the hardest time coming up with boy names. Do you remember? Like, we we had several girl names that we actually both liked. But every single boy name that I would throw at you, nope, nope, no, I don't like that. Nope, nope
0: and Again, I think one of the other things that, that at least we struggle with, I mean, Casper, it was just, let's find the right name, you know? Um, but the fact is we had Casper, who already had middle names, two middle names, yeah. and then we decided we had to, somebody decided they had to plant a thing in the garden asking for twins, Jamie, uh, and we got twins, yeah. both boys. So we suddenly had to come up with not only two more boy names, but then we had to come up with more middle names. So you run out of boys' names pretty quickly when... Um, <laughs> you, do, you don't have a lot of men on your side of the family we kind of used up the male names from your side of the family with Casper
1: but it was really funny yeah because we didn't know like if we were going to have another boy or whatever I mean like I always wanted three kids no matter if they were boys or girls so I just wanted three kids but didn't know if we were going to have even more boys so we Casper has like you know five or six names
0: (laughs) (laughs) well he's got he has three middle names which which uh, another reason for that though is because you would just simply decided on you wanted to give two middle names one for your dad and one for your stepdad and then my mom died right before he was born so i said let's give him her maiden name as a middle name which is why he has three names but but yeah you run out of names really quickly if you have multiples of the same gender
1: and then and then remy and casey they they only have two middle
0: names not here and again i've told this before on all of our podcasts but for remy and casey it got to the point where we were so out of boys names to include yeah and because casper had three middle names you're like well the other kids gotta have at least two they don't want them to feel left out uh so we we basically picked names uh you know a couple of whatever male names were left on our sides of the family and then i'm like okay we got to come up with more middle names i'm like remy is getting lennox after lennox lewis <laughs> great great canadian slash british boxer canadian gold medalist olympics and i'm like casey's middle name will be bond so that's how bond is a middle name of one of our kids
1: yeah and with casey and casper you picked their names and i actually uh i wasn't sure about it at first It, it took a little while to grow on me and i couldn't see it with them having any other name now i picked remy though
0: yeah you did uh, so anyways, and, the, he, and
1: he's the most like me so it kind of
0: fits. He's a monster, really. So yes. <laughs> okay. No you know that. You're the one who always says he's a beast like you are. I'm not arguing. <laughs> exactly for once. Uh, okay, so th- there's another good line here like uh, I'll say some of the I don't I don't mind the kid like you do. Oh my gosh. I but so I, f- bad. I feel like some of the dialogue for him I'm like this makes the kid kind of clever and likable and the other ones where I'm like, ah, uh, I almost want to punch him, but I don't quite want to go that far. Yeah, but, uh, but you know what, Like, I'm not annoyed at kids, like 13
1: going on 30. Like, I loved the kids in that movie. Like, I'm not a person like you who hates kids in, in TV shows and movies. I did not like this kid in this.
0: But I don't, I'm not going to blame this actor. I don't think the actor has, I, I feel like there is so much written about this kid. And when you have a kid who's supposed to be magical and changes the world, I mean, it's like John Travolta in Phenomenon, right? John Travolta and Phenomenon, it's the exact same character we have here. It's a, an average kid in, in its place of an average man who has something supernatural about him and nobody quite believes it, but he finds a way to kind of impact all these lives. The problem is with John Travolta and Phenomenon, They found a way to subtly do it with characters that didn't matter and focus on the ones that did matter, whereas this movie, they try to spread everything so even and it doesn't work, which I'll kind of get into coming up here. But uh, I I will just say, first of all, before I get to the the, the kids' delivery on stuff, uh, the um, Joel Edgerton line where the kid says, I grew out of the garden, and he goes, oh well, that's interesting or something like that. Uh, They just sort of end the scene on that. Uh, The next day, they basically wake up late, obviously, because they were up late with the new kid and uh, it's Jennifer Garner's sister who comes to the house and first, and then it's basically an entire family party, which I love that they had this party which was following the day where they got the news, hey, you know what? You're infertile. You're never having kids. Like, what was this party originally for?
1: I have no idea.
0: It's a celebration of infertility.
1: (laughs) No, I I don't know what it was for, if it was just like a family get-together or what.
0: Yeah, I I I just feel like maybe throw a line in there earlier, you know, we got this party coming tomorrow, we better cancel. But, of course, you can't have them cancel. It has to be a surprise. So maybe even if you have them say, like, in I, all the chaos yesterday, even before the kid grew out of the garden, like, I forgot about the party. It just sort of happens, like, this, this party shows. They're, they're, let's be honest, they were terrible people even before this kid came around. Uh, but uh, the, the one line I want to talk about here is when uh, – They introduce him because one of the things they put in the garden was they want him to be funny like Uncle Bub. So funny in just like an unusual way. And when we get introduced to Uncle Bub, which, by the way, you said, hey, I recognize this guy. He's on Home Improvement. Uh, He plays Jill's dad on Home Improvement. We recently covered one of his Christmas episodes. Uh, He's been in a ton of other things, but that's just what I I I know him from. He's
1: probably dead now, right?
0: I'm pretty certain he's dead. Yes, Jamie. Uh, The character definitely is dead, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll research that in a minute. Um, when, when he basically says, did you know I invented peanut butter and jelly? And then when the kid says, did you know I'm a f- big fan of your work? Like that line's kind of clever. No. <sighs> Stubborn. All right. Um, so the kids play dodgeball. Uh, and I I do like... This is where we start to get a little bit more of the character development of the parents. So Joel Edgerton, who just wants to have his kid... He doesn't want the kid to be anything he isn't. Like he obviously put in on his wish list he wanted this kid who would you know win the big game and stuff like that. But it ultimately comes down to something that he was missing as a child too, which is that he wasn't the best at sports and his dad made him feel worse about it. This movie's not necessarily saying, oh, we want our kid to be everything we weren't. They're like, we want our kid to not feel our failures, which I like. Because it's not, they're saying Joel Edgerton was like the wimpiest kid or that he was terrible at everything. Yeah,
1: but in the movie, it's very clear multiple times through the movie that he is trying to use his kid to kind of please his father. And that really actually rubbed me the wrong way.
0: No, but again, you're, you're interpreting this wrong way because that is, no, that is, it's going through the motions of parenting. And it's also showing like, I'll give you a perfect example here. Okay. I'm going to give you a perfect example. So you have parents like them who say, I never want to be like my parents or do this. And then through whatever reasoning you getting caught up in the moment or realizing that maybe sometimes it's not just as cut and dry as saying, I'm never going to be like that. You ultimately will slip into some of the behavior. I'll give you a perfect example. We both were one hundred percent committed. We will never yell at our kids. We don't want to be those parents who yell at I've their never kids. Said that. Oh yes, we both did. We both did. And here is where the denial comes in. We both said that. Every, and everybody yells at their kids. But, but here is the thing. You you always say, you come into it saying I really don't want to be like that. And then you realize that some of the times you yell at the kid just because they're driving you up the wall, or because they're being loud and you have to talk over them, or in certain situations like with our kids you have to get their attention because they're about to do something incredibly dangerous that they don't realize is dangerous. And you're like, no, no, stop! So y- this is kind of a similar thing. It's like you say something, you have this goal, and then you realize some things you're never going to be able to completely avoid. It's just about learning from your mistake when you get there. I don't and think
1: that has anything to do with what I just said.
0: It has completely no. to do with it because he's, well, he's determined,
1: I don't want to be like my dad. He's basically using his child to try to please his parents to make him feel good. Okay,
0: but there's also something that I'm going to point out to you later in the movie that shows there's a there's a shift when that happens. Okay? So be open-minded. <laughs> And, and willing to listen to other people's opinions. But here in the opening scene, he's not trying to upstage his dad. When they play the dodgeball, I love where Joel edgertons He's actually trying to coach him. He's like, stick and move. I like the stick and move line. Stick and move like it's boxing. And they move your feet and the kid's just sort of running on the spot. Like these things I kind of like because it's, it's it's just how would you tell a kid, a full-grown kid how to do that? And that's one of the other things that this movie, I think, is not the main point of the movie. But they they really are trying to make a movie that is in a certain way about There's a difference between raising a child from being a baby where you learn things along the way and just getting a 10-year-old or 12-year-old child out of the box or out of the garden – where you're not necessarily going to be the best parent at that age because there's things that you don't realize you have to teach them. So when you have a 12-year-old kid that's never been taught how to move on a dodgeball course or whatever or, or a soccer field, you know, you're know you going to parent differently. And it's the same thing with the, the whole sports thing. I feel like you would cer- certainly parent differently if we had got our kids brand new at the ages they're at now. We would be a lot more stressed and we would be struggling a lot more like they do in this movie because it's very different than just getting a kid and kind of learning as you go along. Okay. So glad that you'd agreed to do this month. Uh, anyways, Dodgeball doesn't go too well.
1: I'll have more to say on the other movies. This one, not so much.
0: We have his son pose that starts, which is a little... It's just showing that he's kind of an unusual kid where he just sort of stops and appreciates the son. I'm sure one of the things they wrote on the ground it ties back to that. Uh, we get the first shot of the girl on the bike. Now, here's one character that I get where they were going with it to a certain extent, but I... I don't feel like we needed the girl on the bike, you know, the, the, the older girl or whatever that he has he has the hots for. And, you know, she's a, she, they pull off the point of her character better than some others in this movie. But I don't think we necessarily needed this character in the movie. But that's his distraction. Um, they take him to a horticulturist uh, to try and uh, cut the leaves off his legs. And I love that the kid's just going along with it. It's like, yeah, are you sure you're okay with this? Yes, try to cut it. And then he takes the scissors, and the scissors just break, and it's like, you knew that was going to happen, right? Yep. Uh, now, you probably don't recognize this guy. I mean, a lot of people are going to know the name more than they're necessarily going to recognize him. Uh, but did you at all recognize the guy who played the horticulturist? Uh, I don't know. So Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's now incredibly famous because he's, um, he's an actor, obviously, but he's also a musician, and he's actually a, a Broadway playwright. So he wrote, you've heard about the musical Hamilton, right? It's like the biggest musical of like this generation.
1: I there is like a movie or something that just came well, out with
0: that. It's it's a it's a filmed version of the stage play they released on Disney of Hamilton. But yeah, like okay, that is that
1: the that I've heard of
0: it. That is like the phantom <laughs> of the opera or the Les Mis of this generation. And on top of that, he also um was in the the Mary Poppins sequel playing the not Dick Van Dyke character, the new replacement Dick Van Dyke, the the lamp guy, remember? Uh no. Yeah, he also directed the Andrew Garfield movie last year that he got an Oscar nomination for with a tick tick boom and all that. I mean, he's a huge deal, and it's just funny when I saw this, I'm like, is that Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> playing the random guy who tries to cut the leaves off his leg? Um, he's a character that again, I don't feel like you necessarily quite spent enough time developing him for what we're going to get the, uh, later that there's apparently importance with him uh I, I love the kid's first day at school where jennifer Garner packs the backpack now this as a mother you have to at least appreciate this scene where he's got this backpack that's dragging him ja- down and joel edgerton's like you know what did you pack in there it's like you know just snacks notebooks pencils rulers scissors flashlights uh and i love there's batteries
1: <laughs> yeah batteries for what
0: but that's the thing that's a mother's thing to do. I gotta pack everything under the sun i've I've lifted diaper bags you packed i mean i i I really think that you should see some of the things in this movie that at least as a parent, you're like, I can see that a parent wrote this movie or directed this movie uh... that is a one hundred percent mother thing to do, and you're like that, okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> when, they, when they're dropping the kid off at school, they're like, all right, have a good day. They're like, no, 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 that's putting too much pressure on him. Have the day that you're going to have. Like Again, it's this awkwardness of if you're a parent and you only had to raise this kid from the age of 12 on, you're not going to necessarily have a lot of things come naturally like this. Um, th- there's development here about layoffs at the the pencil factory that Joel Edgerton works at. Uh, the principal ends up calling them because his first day of school didn't go well. They turned him into an art project. Uh, by basically throwing food all over him, these bullies at the school or whatever. And then you have the girl on the bike who comes up and he's mesmerized by her and she just puts a cherry on top of him. Um, basically going along with the bullying, but we're supposed to be okay with it because why? Because he likes this girl. Uh, but it's not necessarily she's meaning a bullying, but you know what I mean. Uh, So when the parents find out about this, Joel Edgerton's like, I want you to give me the names of those kids. You know, I'm going to deal with this. because he's, And this is where... you're you're missing the point of him saying it's like, oh, he's just using this kid for his dad or whatever. These are the types of mistakes that parents make. He says, I never want to be like my dad. My dad never had my back. I want to be the dad that has his back. And then they're like, all right, I'll give you the names. And suddenly he realizes it's his boss's kids. And sure, he still has the back, but that does change things a lot. It's the same thing I said about, I never want to yell at my kids, but then you get in a situation where they're about to, use a broomstick as a balance beam in between two couches or they're trying to do handstands on top of a table or they're running out of the house and it takes you half a kilometer to catch up with them when you suddenly realize sometimes you got to yell at your kids, you know, and it's not yelling in anger. It's like they're, they're, you say, I don't want to do this. And then you realize eh, certain scenarios, I always want to be a parent that always has my kids back. Well, let's throw, you know, a little bit of a, a, a twist on there. Let's let's throw a swerve. That's what this movie is. They wish for all these things, and then they realize life doesn't work out so perfectly, you know?
1: Yeah, honestly, everybody yells at their kids.
0: Okay, I know, but but, but the point I'm getting at is look at this scene. I want to be the dad that's not like my dad. I want to be the dad that always has my kids back. Great. You're going to have to have your kids back in talking to your own boss, you know? That's what works about this movie. That's what I think you're missing is that it's not that they're just terrible parents and they make all these mistakes. It's kind of the point of the movie. They make the mistake and it's something that every parent do. And and this movie is about be careful what you wish for, you know, not in a bad way, but it's like, you know, you can find good and bad, but nothing is going to be easy. You want the perfect kid. There is no scenario where something's gonna be perfect. You're going to get a kid who is going to be okay taking bullying because you don't want him to be aggressive or mean that's kind of the downfall. There's certain things that you, there's a bit of a trade-off. You want to be the perfect dad who always has his kids back, but guess what? One day you're going to have to have the backing against somebody that you don't want to stand up to. You get
1: that? Wow, that was a lot of words. <laughs> but you get what I'm
0: saying, right? Yeah. When he when he talks to his boss and the boss is, of course, like, you know, "Whoa, well, you're saying this is my kid's fault? And he's getting all aggressive, which again... I like this scene because it's like, Joel Edgerton's doing the right thing, but it probably would have been better if he didn't say anything, you know? But now he's committed himself and he's like, I gotta do this. Be, again, be careful what you wish for. Um, the best part here is where the, the kids are trying to defend themselves uh, against bullying him. They're like, he didn't even fight back. He didn't even cry. It wasn't even fun. Like, they only, they didn't enjoy it because he didn't cry, you know? Uh, again, like, you're bullying somebody, but he doesn't care, so it doesn't make it fun for you anymore. Uh They basically force him to uh, invite, or force their kids to invite him to the birthday party. So we got the birthday party uh, thing next, and uh, of course, it's a swim party, and the kid can't swim. Um, I love when they're singing "Happy Birthday," and the boss's wife's—I don't know if you caught the the boss's wife. She is like the only person in the entire group who's singing "Happy Birthday" like in the most over-the-top operatic way possible.
1: I don't remember.
0: Like a total trophy mom thing. You know, the rich trophy mom. Happy birthday! Like really over the top like that?
1: Wow, that was pretty high.
0: Okay, well, I'm, I'm I'm trying. By the way, newsflash for people. I don't know if anybody caught this, but let's just let's just break the fourth wall here. Um, there's a reason this episode's coming out a day later than we should have had it out. It was because we started recording this over a week ago and I got sick after about 20, 30 minutes of, of recording I realized I've given myself eight edit points where I had to stop to cough so let's put this on hold for a few days and as soon as I was better you got sick yep. so if you sound different now and I sound different from the beginning there's a reason this is an episode that was eight days in the making wow eight days too long <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I really just want you to listen to what I'm saying and, and understand that you're missing some of the point of these scenes so he can't swim he jumps off the diving board and he sinks to the bottom the girl comes to his rescue, but when she gets to the bottom, again, like this girl from the beginning, they don't make her the perfect girl. Her thought isn't, let me rescue this kid. She's like, I want to see what's under those socks. And she yanks his socks off. Now, of course she sees the, the leaves and he kicks her in the head, which is fantastic. Um, and when he's telling the parents later on about what happened, he says, I kicked a girl in the head and, 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 they're basically saying you know what do you do if something like this comes up and Joel just says I just want you to run the." or Jennifer Garner one of them says I want you to run the other way so he's confronted by this girl again and when she corners him when he's trying to run the other way she basically pulls down her top a little bit she's not flashing her boobs uh, she's showing that she has this scar is this supposed to be a scar or a birthmark I think it's a birthmark Right? it
1: looks like a birthmark I think I thought I thought that, that was like a strawberry birthmark or something. If that's what they what call it, what is a strawberry birthmark? I don't know. I th- I think that's Do what you have it. to
0: lick it to know.
1: No, no. People are born with them sometimes, and they can shrink or sometimes stay. I think, but I could be completely wrong on that.
0: Okay. Well, um, let's quickly talk about this girl character here because she's going to have more sequences later on. But I'm just going to kind of wrap up all of her stories before we get into everything else because I really don't think this storyline works. So when she reveals this thank you for checking something on your phone in the middle of the episode can we pause for a second or do you need time
1: I'm trying to look up the strawberry birthmark thing are you looking I'm up there.
0: what's her name uh, the, the inventor of uh, the whatever that we looked up last week that lady from the 50s you thought was from the 90s uh,
1: yeah sometimes sometimes it can fade away sometimes it doesn't I think that that's probably different though this strawberry one like
0: sometimes yeah. babies. Are what old. you're showing me looks very different. Those look like like raised rashes or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know what hers would have been. It's probably like, probably something she was born with.
0: Anyway. I d- I don't I don't like this storyline for a couple reasons. One, this rash is already hidden. It, she's like, I know what it's like to be different. Well, I mean, do you? This is a kid who has to wear socks in the pool to hide leaves that grow out of his legs. Something's completely unnatural. You have something that. Maybe it doesn't necessarily look normal compared to what most people think, but it's in an area that's hidden anyways, unless you're walking around shirtless. It's not like you got leaves growing out of your boobs. Yeah, like if she took her top down and she had leaves growing out of her nipples or something, then maybe I'd have a little bit more sympathy for her. Like, oh, You got a red mark on a spot nobody's going to see. You know, if I'm if I'm born with, I don't know, a giant red rash on my scrotum, I'm not going to oh worry about it until it comes time for somebody to look at that scrotum and say, oh. just to prepare you, you're going to be seeing some strawberries down there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Can, can you at least agree with... Give, give me an agree, some type of agreement... For once in this episode, do you agree with me on this? Like, like who talks about that? That's like that's like
1: saying that... You talk
0: about stuff like way worse than that. No,
1: that's like saying before somebody has sex for the first time with somebody else, you talk about, you know, asking, are you circumcised or not?
0: What, what, what oh, I'm really lost as to what this has to do with what I said. Well, it's like the, the details of, like, the general area. No, what I'm getting at is yeah. that she's got it hidden in an area that unless she's walking around, maybe if she's in a bikini... You know, okay, well, now it's awkward, but it's covered by a shirt 90% of the time. It's a little bit more natural to cover that than it is to wear socks up to your knees in the hottest days of the summer in a swimming pool. Yeah. If he's in gym class and he has to shower after gym class, this kid's got to shower in his socks. I mean, this granted, this girl, if she's showering after gym class, you know, maybe somebody will see this, so I can kind of see there. But again, it's not quite as unnatural As, I have leaves growing out of my legs, so I don't get why I understand you. Like, this girl should, you know, be a little bit more freaked out, and he should be a little bit more like, no, 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 no. No, That is not like what I got.
1: He's definitely going to, like, develop athlete's foot. Like, for sure. (laughs) Have you ever had that? I've had it once.
0: No, I've never had athlete's foot. Does it come because you have, like, wet leaves in your socks?
1: No, like, I, I don't know...
0: I don't, sweaty feet?
1: I don't know the exact reason of all of it, but like, I don't, I wouldn't say like I have sweaty feet, but like I have stinky feet, but I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know if mine are abnormal or whatever. Yours are kind of like abnormal in the, like, you you never sweat and your feet never stink no matter what.
0: Yeah, uh, everything else sweats and stinks, but just my feet is the one abnormality.
1: But I had athlete's foot once when I was <laughs> I was like 10 years old or something but I, I would like constantly wear my shoes. I would never take my shoes off and so the, obviously got like cream or something from the doctor and the doctor specifically told me like just like try as hard as you can not to wear socks all, and shoes all the time.
0: So, so now we're giving a glimpse into the future for Timothy Green and Red Scar Strawberry Girl. It's like, when you eventually get married, this is where you're headed. Where you will just have conversations about athlete's foot with your partner and they don't care. He's
1: going to have like the most like rancid athlete's foot ever.
0: <laughs> and he'll have to explain that to his partner. But again, the, the this is why we record as a husband and wife. Some things you just, you don't have to be shy anymore. You had athlete's foot. I don't care. And, like, if they make a wish for another kid, is this going to
1: happen again where they just get it? Like, could they get, like, wish for anything? Well, they're they're going to start
0: trying to correct it.
1: No, but I'm saying, like, could they wish for anything and just have it pop out of the ground like I want a Corvette?
0: Yeah, well, in a way, this is kind of like Aladdin, isn't it? It's like, okay, so now we're going to give you a wish for a second kid. They're like, all right, I want a kid that, you know, uh, I don't know, wins the winning game for his own team. You know, they have to start auto-correcting themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, okay, thank you. I'm glad you agree with me. Um, Uncle Bub's in the hospital. I kind of like the Uncle Bub character and that he's one of the few characters in the movie that bring a little bit of humor, but...
1: You mean he's one of the few characters that's actually, like, a good person, not a douchebag?
0: Well, but here's my problem, though. I would rather a douchebag who's well-developed than a nice uncle who has no... We had one interaction between him and this kid, and suddenly he's in the hospital, and if anything... You're going to jump down the sister's throat in this movie. I'm saying I'm team sister to a certain extent. No, no and I'll You're tell mom. you why. I'll tell you why. I I, I want you—, I want you get, get out of my house. No, I want you to listen to me for a second. When they show up at the hospital, Timothy is there. Now, obviously, they had to bring him with them, right? But um, the sister brings up a very valid point. If I had known you were bringing the kids, I would have brought my kids— her kids have grown up with uncle bub it makes a lot more sense than a kid he met and had one conversation with we didn't even show if we showed a montage of him and uncle bub i don't know like like frolicking and and you know uh riding a bike together and playing catch all the things that everybody else did, maybe. I, but they had a quick exchange of words, and then suddenly Timothy's in the hospital, and it's like, oh, oh, you know, I love you, Timothy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write you into my will and write you know, my, my other uh, nieces' kids out of it. And I don't really get that they've developed any real this, connection this between these characters. Is
1: so snotty, she's a total
0: snotbag. But she's a well-developed snotbag, and no, here need- in. I hate her. She can die. In this one scene, she has a valid point. Now, I want you to think about this. Jamie, I want you to think about this. She can get struck
1: by lightning and grow (laughs)
0: leaves
1: out of her grave and die.
0: Have strawberry rash on a scrotum. Who cares? Uh, But uh, I want you to... Yes, Colin, she has a scrotum. (laughs) She might. I don't know. I still don't know how genetics work on men and women. Uh, (laughs) How have we had three children? And we, You know, Ben and Noah have been asking that question for the last seven years. You know, they
1: are yours. Yes, they
0: are. Um, they look like me. That's how I know. Uh, <laughs> not that anything happened that I understand how children come about genetically. Anyways, uh, biologically, that's the word I'm looking for. Anyways, uh, I want you to, again, look at this scenario from the point of view of something you can relate to, okay? Let's pick, I don't know, who's somebody... Somebody on your side of the family that, like, you're not necessarily close, close to, but you you like them all right. You like them enough that if they went to the hospital, you visit them. An uncle, and aunt? You have an uncle, right? Yeah. All right. Pick an uncle. You don't even need to name it. Just pick one of your uncles, okay? One of the uncles that you kind of like, all right? Now, I want you to imagine... I
1: only have one uncle... <laughs>
0: You have more uncles than that. You've got
1: I only a- have one. No,
0: you've got an uncle on your mom's side. It's through marriage, but it's an uncle on your mom's side. And you've got an uncle on your dad's side that we still have a camera sitting in our basement that we were supposed to give him, but you can't track him down.
1: I'm literally never going to find those people.
0: <laughs> but you
1: clearly have to... Uh, I know I, your I, family better I than you do. I know their names, but like dad passed and I know their names and... I, the phone numbers for none of them work and I know their names but I can't find anything online like I'm never going to see okay these let's
0: take yet. that camera to a pawn shop and then we'll get some money out of it <laughs>
1: Sure, and then somebody's going to come haunt you and be bad.
0: We're already going to be haunted. Your dad's ashes have been sitting in our closet for the last six years.
1: <laughs> I literally have skeletons in my closet.
0: Yeah, you're like, no, no don't worry. I'll dispose of it. Just let me handle no, it. It's no, no, sitting no, there still. That's not how it
1: happened. That's not how it happened. His, his girlfriend, it was too hard for her, and she didn't want to have to deal with it, so she put it on me.
0: She put it on you. You have to say yes to have something put on you. Well,
1: I just said yes because it's my dad. What else am I gonna say? Okay, okay, well, if fine. we're being haunted,
0: it's for that reason.
1: Well, he he's not gonna he's not gonna haunt me in a bad way. He loves me. Okay, well,
0: <laughs> maybe he doesn't love being in our closet. How about that? Anyways,
1: maybe I can just you know like plant a box outside wishing, you know, for for some money, and then we we can just
0: be rich. You know, we have like. When we moved in here, there was a giant. We didn't realize it because we bought our house in the winter and everything was covered with snow, but they had ripped a tree out or something. A giant tree. Uh, I think it was more of a shrub, not a tree, because there was no stump there. Oh, I was
1: talking about the front there. Yeah, but
0: but I mean in the back, there was a giant gaping hole. All of a sudden the snow melts, and we have a giant gaping hole in our yard. We had to fill it in. We could have filled it in with your dad's ashes, given him a proper burial. And actually saves a little bit on soil.
1: <laughs> no, he has a specific place where he wanted them spread. It's just I haven't gotten to it yet. Okay, well... But actually I have a really funny story. Just a small rabbit trail about that that's going to make people laugh. Uh, although I'll do like a PG version with no swears because my, my dad had a little bit of like a, okay. a sailor's mouth. But it was really funny because, you know, you can't make me feel bad about how long I've, I've hung on to his ashes for because... It must have been like over ten years that he had my nan's ashes. Like it was forever that he had her ashes. So much so that it when he tried to actually spread them, and he was going to spread her ashes, he was he was trying to actually like take it out so he could basically like you know shake Sprigle, it, sh- yeah. shake them off. <laughs> and it wouldn't come. It was just one hard solid cement block that like plunked
0: in the water, and then he was like, "Oh
1: crap, let's get out
0: of here." <laughs> And that's why we haven't spread your dad's yet, because we know it's just going to come out as a giant brick or something.
1: Yeah. You know, but my dad always had a funny sense of humor. I I actually, it's funny because I just recently looked back through my messages with him because his birthday was on April 1st. And I mean, he's been gone for years now. Um, But I look back through my messages and man, was he a funny guy? Mm -hmm. He'd probably still be laughing that we haven't done it yet.
0: I mean, he's probably not laughing being stuck in the closet. Anyways, uh, so...
1: He's with a happy family. Now,
0: now, back to the point I'm trying to make. Relating, okay? You're one uncle that you actually can remember the name of and the phone number of, okay? He's in the hospital. You think he's dying, all right? We go and we visit him by ourselves. Just us. Meanwhile, one of your brothers shows up with a kid that they have adopted for a week, They've had this adopted kid for a week and they bring the kid. Now are you not going to show up and be a little bit upset? You're like if I knew that you were bringing a kid, like I would about ours who actually have a relationship with this uncle.
1: Heck no. Yes Heck you no. would. No. Uh, you know, maybe like people who have like easy kids or like I'm not even going <sighs> to say normal
0: kids, but You're being argumentative. No, I wouldn't want to bring my kids anywhere like that. No. K- no. Okay. No. If you let's pick the easiest kid. Let's pick Casey. All right. If Casey actually had a relationship with this uncle, a friend, let's let's turn it around a little bit. Okay, you're younger. You're a kid still. All right. This same uncle is in the hospital and dying. Your mom and somebody else go. Somebody else, a cousin, brings their kid that has known this, met this guy, this uncle once. And your mom does not bring you, and you have no opportunity to say goodbye to this uncle of yours that's about to die. Are you not going to be a little upset that some kid who had a conversation once? is there and you weren't allowed to come? No. This is the most argument if you've ever been. You are telling me that these other kids, her sister's kids, who actually have a relationship with this man, do not have a right to be there, but Timothy, a kid he had one conversation with, does. This you realize you're now at the point where you are agreeing with this movie, and I'm criticizing it. The, the, this is this is the epitome of argumentative. You are now the, the definition of argumentative. You have reversed the position of defending this movie to argue me arguing it. Now
1: this this entire movie presents her as a snobbag. so I have zero empathy for any any of her time in the movie at all. I'm
0: very concerned for you that you are not a person who can forgive because this movie's about people moving on. Everybody makes mistakes in this movie except for Perfect Timothy. Do you want me to start bringing up all the mistakes that you made and all the snotty things you say? You are are a person who loves... Why why don't you move on and just be done already (laughs) because I'm saying people should deserve a second chance and this is the one point in the movie where the sister is in the right she's not saying anything wrong here she can get struck by lightning and <laughs> You are prove my point that you're just being so stubborn you won't agree with anything in this movie. I don't like it. Anybody that. listening to this right now is gonna be like, if she has children that actually have a relationship with his uncle and Timothy has met him once, her kids deserve to be there at least as much. She's not even saying you, you shouldn't have brought your kid. No, so no 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 crazy. I'm talking now. I'm talking now. Oh, so I'm talking now. I'm talking now.
1: She's such a snob. So like, many scenes. She's in like, two other scenes like in this movie. Even when they go over to her house and it's like super fancy and these people are sitting to basically like oh come over to my house and Let's have this big recital for my children so you can see how wonderful my kids are. You realize
0: wonderful. recitals aren't put on just for parents, right? It is a recital. It is. We have been to recitals for our nieces and nephews. Guess what they do? Not they, at their house. Uh, who, who cares? They're living in a small town. This is a town of like 150 people. Where else are they going to hold it? The pencil factory. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to be willing to admit that I have some valid points with no, this movie? I don't like her. You're
1: not going to convince me. I don't
0: like her. Well, let's talk about that scene now, too. Okay. So let's let's talk about. The, the, no, no, I'm going to wait to get there. Okay. I'm going to pace myself on this. Come on, Colin. But this nobody listening to this right now is going to say that the, it, she's not even saying Timothy shouldn't be here. She's like, if I known you were bringing the kids, I would have brought mine too. Hey. They they know this man.
1: You already said that.
0: All right, the coach. Uh, so we're introduced the coach next, so they're gonna try to get him on a soccer team. Now, the coach is the rapper Common, which I always find it funny when Common shows up in the movie, because, like, you forget he's a rapper, you're like, this guy's a pretty good actor. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen him in, like, American Gangster or other things. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you would think this is an unusual movie for him to be in, but... You know, he actually, if you look at his filmography, I mean, he, he just is a straight actor. I mean, he was in, ter- we covered Terminator Salvation where he was in that as well. Uh, but a lot of movies, if you just look at his filmography here, he just does straight dramatic movies.
1: I didn't even know that he was a rapper.
0: Okay. Now, did you recognize the grandpa? Uh,
1: David I Morse. Know. I don't know.
0: So I, he's most famous for the TV show Staying Elsewhere, but he was in The Green Mile. He was in Contact. Um, you recognize him, right?
1: I haven't seen those the movies Rock? for a really long time.
0: All right. Um, by the way, I just want to also point out the, the the family that owns the pencil factory. I love that their name is Crudstaff. Like you give them the, the most horrible sounding name you could come up with. Um, the soccer stuff, I don't mind this. Um, I, I like the coach just immediately sees the kid and he's like, "No," and even says he sucks. You know, like <laughs> um, uh, when when they eventually say, "Okay, just give him a chance to put him on the team." <sighs> so this is where Joel Edgerton, st- I start to really question his parenting skills because at no point did he think I should practice with this kid. Cause they just take him the game and suddenly it's like, he does suck. It's like, no, if you want to put on a soccer team, make sure it has a place for, don't be in the situation where you're like, move your feet, stick and move like you were earlier. Um, there's, uh, there's more layoffs coming down. Um, the, uh, the, uh, oh, when they, when they're eating dinner on the living room floor and they're telling stories, this is where that line comes in where, um, they're talking about when he, uh, Saw Jennifer Garner at a Halloween party or something like that, and she was dressed as a pencil. And he says, "I'd seen a lot of pencils, but I'd never quite seen one like your mom." Uh, and they tell the story about how they used to fill a notebook just with ideas. Right? Uh, you know, she was would draw things. She was an artist. He would come up with ideas. They would combine that, and they'd come up with ideas. And the kid kind of encourages them. Why don't you do that? You know. Um, and why don't you make a new kind of pencil? This is what it comes down to. We get the arts and crafts montage where he takes their advice. Let's make a new pencil. I don't know if this is possible or not, but I, I thought this is kind of a clever idea because we know that this factory layoff is coming and he's like, well, dead leaves, you know, let's take leaves and let's grind them up and let's turn them into a pulp and let's turn that into a pencil. And that just sort of becomes what the, the plot's going to revolve around going forward. There's the take your kid to work day. Um, uh, first Jennifer Garner takes him, and uh, th- this scene I actually really liked because again it's illustrating be careful what you wish for.
1: I-, I did like that scene.
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh, so you have the, the I guess there's there's a father and uh, a mother who I, own.
1: I, I mostly like this scene though for the lady that's in it.
0: W- with the the hair on her chinny chin chin. Yeah,
1: I like yeah. her. I
0: she's like great. Her. Um, I-, I know she's been in a million things. Uh, well,
1: I know her most from um, Parenthood.
0: Yeah, you said Parenthood. I mean, recently, she was in a, a TV show I I got into with Jeremy Renner um, called uh, The Mayor of Kingstown, uh, which is, I don't know, it's a crime show. It, it has its flaws, but she's in it. She plays Jeremy Renner and Kyle Chandler's mom. How could you not want to have sons like Jeremy Renner and Kyle Chandler? She succeeded in life. But the scene that we had was uh, earlier, or I guess the wish they had was that the kid would be honest to a fault. They're like, well, we don't want to have this kid who's just never tells a lie. Like, they specifically said honest to a fault. And here... This is one of the best illustrations of the whole be careful what you wish for thing in this movie because she's getting a painting revealed of her. I mean, she's one of the owners of this pencil factory, her and her husband, and um, none of the paintings look right. Uh, This is kind of like the Mr. Burns thing, you know, Uh, where margins a painting, and the kid basically says, can you give me your honest opinion? Now, everybody's terrified of this lady, so Jennifer Garner's already cringing when she's like, give me your honest opinion. He goes, no, I don't like it. And then the lady actually kind of listens to him. Now, I feel like her performance is so good in this movie because she's immediately won over by this kid. There are other characters where they don't don't quite hit home what they want with the whole this kid changed people's lives because you don't see a connection with them. You don't see that this kid does anything to make a difference. She immediately gets this kid. She's like, all right, you're honest. So how would you do it? Why don't you draw it? And he draws a picture and he draws it fantastic. But the one thing he does is he starts drawing something and Jennifer's like, no, no, don't do that. Erase that. And she's like, no, no, let me see it. And he basically drew her chin hairs, which is, A, it's kind of funny that this kid would do that. And it's also very much a kid thing to do. You know, a kid's not going to realize, even if they're 12, they may not realize this is inappropriate. Um, But she doesn't immediately hate this. And what she does is she kind of asks Jennifer Garner and the other people there about, um, uh, you know, okay. So uh, is there anything else you didn't tell me, you know, any other things about me that you should say? And Jennifer just comes on this tirade about everything she thinks is wrong with her. And she got fired. Now, what I like about this too, is that she's not getting fired because of something the kid, because the kid drew this lady's chin hair. She's getting fired because just like you were saying with Joel Edgerton, You know, oh, well, he just ends up trying to impress his father. This is showing that parents have these faults because it should have been about this kid, and instead, she just decides to rant to her boss and she shoots herself in the foot. She gets fired because she basically speaks out of turn, you know, and and she goes too far and she gets too mean. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's what you're here for. Yep. (laughs) Every once in a while, you can say, nope. But sometimes it's a yep.
1: <laughs> no, I like this scene, though.
0: Thank you. You like a scene it was, in this movie. It's
1: probably like the first scene I actually liked.
0: Uh, when he's Joel Edgerton's got the kid later on, uh, he decides, the kid says, no, no, go, go pitch him your, your leaf pencil now. So he goes and he does it, and you see that the boss just sort of brushes him off. Now, I also like, when you're saying that everybody in this movie is such a douchebag, there are bad characters in this movie, but they have some redeeming qualities. No. This boss here... No. Yes, he tries to steal his idea later on, but you see how much stress this guy's under. They could have set this scene up where he sees the pencils like, get out of my office. I mean, that would be over the top. But they show that this guy's like, I'm going to have to lay people off. He doesn't want to do that. Now, later on, he does some mean things too, but he's not all, you at least have a reason to understand why he's a bad person.
1: No, he's just, he's just a dick <sighs> he's just a dickhead.
0: All right. Um, But the pencil, leaf pencil pitch doesn't go over well. Um, The big soccer game's coming. Uh, Timothy is a water boy, uh, which the grandpa shows up and he's disappointed with. Um, He's basically spying on the girl who's checking out the game. Um, We have scenes where the girl and him are building this forest fort and Jennifer Garner finds them there. I mean, I just kind of want to wrap up the whole girl stuff here. I mean, yeah, they built this really cool-looking fort. I mean, that, that's kind of like a very Bridge to Terabithia thing there, the, this fortress they built just out of leaves.
1: Yeah, that is very much like that. That's a good reference.
0: And you like that?
1: Uh, Bridge to Terabithia, yeah. I, I read the book first, though, before watching the movie. Now We actually had read that one in school.
0: See, I didn't even know there was a book.
1: Yeah, it's a book.
0: You know what I read in school? How to Eat Fried Worms.
1: Is that actually a book?
0: Yeah, it's a great book. They made a movie out of it. The movie, not very much like the book, except for just premise, but very good book. Oh,
1: I had no idea. It's about a
0: kid who's dared over a summer to eat fried worms every single day for an entire summer.
1: That sounds disgusting. Oh, no,
0: it's a great, great book and great movie. I also read in school, um, I, I I, remember, um, You said it's so funny that you said you read The Outsiders the other day, right? Yes, we did, yeah because I saw the movie The Outsiders and then it was like the next year, I mean, I'm not saying I was, This when the movie came out. We're talking like, you know, 15 years or whatever after the movie came out. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm apparently older than Jennifer Garner. Uh, but uh, it was it was in, I think it was a seventh grade or whatever, was that's where the curriculum was. You read The Outsiders. And I was not looking forward to that because I had seen the movie like a few months earlier knowing, oh, they're going to teach us in school. I'm like, great, I'll get half my work done now. I'm going to watch the movie the summer before. And I'm like, I hate this movie. Like
1: also, I- d- lord of the flies that's another one
0: that one again i don't think that i think that was pulled from our, our curriculum as well but like what what i was glad about was that um they had uh they had taken the outsiders out the the year that i was in school they took the outsiders out of the curriculum and they replaced it with um i think it was les Mis, like the the book Jean valjean or whatever. Uh, the abridged version, but there was another book they were placed with too. And I can't remember what it was, but I just remember being so happy. I'm like, great. I hated the outsiders. I didn't want to read that book. And it's funny that to hear that within a couple of years, it was obviously put back in schools because you read the outsiders, but I was lucky enough to avoid it.
1: We also did of mice and men.
0: That one I remember reading. Yeah, definitely. I, I know my of mice and men. Um, I also know of Mice at Center Ice.
1: And I mean, I did English Lit too. So we did lots of like Shakespeare stories. Did
0: you get to read Mice at Center Ice in school? No. I mean, we're talking grade one curriculum, but one of my all time favorite books, Mice at Center Ice. It's about a bunch of mice. We're talking literal mice.
1: At Center Ice.
0: Literal mice who live like underneath the floorboards of an arena and they basically have their own cheese cup. And it's this big tournament. It's a very great book. I, I love Mice of Center Eyes. Another one of my all-time favorite books.
1: <laughs> You're such a kid.
0: Yeah. I, but I never read Bredge Terabithia anyways. Um, uh, the
1: book is actually quite good. And we also read... Uh, I'm trying to remember what grade it was now. I think it was like grade four that we actually read a lot of the Narnia books too together as a class.
0: Yeah, and I don't remember reading that in school either. Yeah,
1: we, we did, the one that we did at first, like the very first one that we did, some people might think it was Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, but it wasn't. It was actually The Magician's Nephew. That was the first one that we read.
0: Because chronologically first, right?
1: Uh, I, I don't even know. But that, that, that one is actually my favorite story out of all the stories.
0: Um, I, so now we're just going to complete Rand here. Uh, I would go with uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader was my favorite of all the books.
1: Yeah, I mean that one was good, but it's definitely not my favorite. I really like the Silver Chair too.
0: Yeah, Voyage of the Dawn Treader and Silver Chair. I think that was the peak of it because it was the character. I mean, I don't mind the original kids, right? And I don't yeah. mind who is it—the professor or whatever—who's the character and the, the yeah. magician's nephew. Yeah. But like the the two side characters, um, uh, the cousin. It was the cousin specifically. And Remember the cousin? The What's his name? He was a really obnoxious kid. In the in uh, the the first oh, it's, one in it's Voyage been, of the Dawn Treader. It's
1: been so long, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Yeah. But like Lion, the Witch and Wardrobe, I mean, everybody loves that one. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but uh, back to Timothy Green here. So the soccer game, now this is where everything reaches a peak. All those other scenes about, hey, be careful what you wish for. And, you know, we're going to have uh, a kid who, or we're going to, as parents, want to have our kids back. But then what happens if it's somebody that you don't really want to talk to and it's not necessarily going to help you to talk to them? Uh, we want to uh, have our kid honest to a fault and it's going to go over well but then we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot by mouthing off to our boss and maybe getting a bit inappropriate. Uh then we have the soccer game which is really the peak. Now you basically get angry at this but you miss that this is the entire dramatic point of the movie yeah. because they say it's around these scenes. So the soccer game the whole wishes at this point they realize everything they, they had the the recital as you mentioned, right? Uh which yeah, the sisters a little bit obnoxious in the recital, but she had previously said, our son's musical. Now, is it the sister's fault that when the sister... Sure, she's being a little bit obnoxious at the soccer game where she's not paying attention, and they're like, uh, you know, oh, you know, my kids, they got the recital coming up and everything. And then Jennifer Garner's like, yeah, well, you know, Timothy's got a lot of talents. Like, in all fairness, it's not just the sister. Jennifer Garner and her are playing the exact same game. They're both playing a competitive game. It would be no different than if you were saying, oh, you know what? You know, Casper just started reading Japanese, which by the way, he's six years old and he figured out how to read Japanese on his own, which we don't know how he does this stuff. Um, If you started saying that, and then let's say, you know, one of your siblings was like, yeah, well, you know, my kid does this. Neither of you are necessarily in the right. You're both just playing competition here. So you're sitting here saying the sister's a terrible person, but the point of the scene is this is just parents. This is something that parents do it's it's not necessarily always a good thing but it happens and you of course want to just blame the sister for everything so when they get to the recital it's not her fault when she's like oh and Timothy is going to do this now spring it on them fine but it, again really funny when they, they basically said we want our kid to be musical and they said no we want our kid to rock so of course Timothy's they're thinking like no Timothy don't go up there so he goes up there don't worry I got this and all he starts doing is just banging on the the cowbell or whatever and they're like yeah this is awkward and then they suddenly realize he actually is doing a beat and then Joel Edgerton and Jennifer Garner catch on and they realize it. they start doing uh, the Lowrider song Uh, two movies in a row where we have a musical number Thriller and then Lowrider what 70s 80s song are we going to get draft day next week Jamie do you have a pick
1: Uh, I don't remember what's in that one
0: I don't think there is one but maybe there is maybe we'll be surprised it's been a couple years since I've seen it uh, but I, I like the, the whole low rider sequence. And what I like even better is when they get home and they're just freaking out. They're like, everything we wish for has come true. So you know what's going to happen next. He's going to score the winning goal. It was their most specific wish. They are 100% convinced. Yes, this is going to happen. And this is where it takes over. So this is why you can't necessarily blame them completely They say, oh, well, he's only doing this to impress his dad. He's still trying to be a good dad up at this point, but they suddenly realize this isn't just about being a parent anymore. They're like, we have magic. So this is where the greed kicks in. They're like, we know what's going to happen. It's not something that a regular parent would do where they're like, hey, we know how the outcome is going to be. It's like knowing the future. It's, it's, this is the, I have the sports almanac from back to the future moment, you know?
1: Yeah, but I mean, again... Yeah, you're not going to change my mind.
0: Because you're being stubborn. Um, And again, I just want to also clear the air here. I'm not saying this is the most brilliant movie in the world, but I'm saying there is a lot of good in this movie, some of which it's not perfectly executed, but the intention of what they're going for here, I think, deserves more credit than you're giving to it. Uh, But, of course, the twist being he's finally put on the field because one player is uh, injured or whatever. And I love that they're saying like, great, he's got to play out. And the coach is basically like, all right, we'll just continue on with one player short. And Joel Edgerton has to come in and talk to the referee. He's like, he can't do that. There's gotta be some rule, right? He's got a player you put on the field. And I love it. When he goes to the coach, he's like, yeah, so um, you're going to have to have an extra player. Uh, put this kid on the field. No, he's not a player. He's a water boy. It's like, uh, you know, is he is he wearing a jersey? Then he's on your team. Like, I love this moment with the coach too. He's like, "All right, just stand here and don't move." You know, uh, now he's only seen the kid play once. I mean, Grant, he could basically say, "Run back and forth, just try not to get in the way," but instead, just stand here. And of course, the twist being, he all of a sudden gets the ball and he starts going. This kid is incredible. He's he's got the most incredible footwork. The grandpa Everybody is like, "Wow, this kid's got something." Like, where did this come from? And he does score the winning goal on the wrong goal. Yeah, now I that, that. I, you sort of see it coming, I don't know, maybe about thirty seconds before it happens. But they want you to suddenly be like a little bit ahead of the characters, like "Wait a second, I know where this is going." It's a nice little twist. And again, it it it's the one moment where they're like, "We know what's going to happen now. We can almost predict the future with this kid." And like, it went totally the opposite of what we expected. Again, be careful what you wish for.
1: I I didn't predict that part of it.
0: Let me let me give you another thing, okay? Uh, we talked about all the things that we wish for our kids, right? You wanted a kid, athletically speaking, we talked about if our kid's an Olympian, what would they be? And you said you wanted a kid who would be a power lifter because you like lifting weights. So you wanted a kid who would be a weightlifter, And that's what you wanted. If, if our kid's an Olympian, you always say, I want him to be a weightlifter, right?
1: Well, yeah, because it'd be fun too to ha- actually have somebody to, uh, to lift
0: with. Okay, and I said I want him... To run the 100-meter or the 200-meter sprint. Or I wanted to run the marathon. Or I want to be a runner because I like running. So we both wish for something. Now, what did we get? We got a kid who is definitely strong enough that he can lift weights. But he's also strong enough that you can't really hold this kid down if you need to. He split his head open to the point where his skull was visible. Anybody who who does not live in Canada is not necessarily going to get... When you talk about free healthcare in Canada you want to talk about be careful what you wish for we have free healthcare in Canada we had a kid whose skull was visible and we waited seven hours in an emergency room for a kid whose skull was visible and in the end they took us to the cast closet not the cast room the place where they hold all the stuff they make casts with literally a closet with a doctor and a nurse and they said we have to do it here because we don't know how much longer it's going to be and it's midnight now so we had a kid who was in a cast closet getting his head stitched up He was not even three years old at this time. He was two and a half. It took me, you, one nurse, and the doctor holding him down to get the stitches in. He was two and 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 a half years old.
1: At this point, I was like six months pregnant with the twins or pretty close.
0: Yeah, and it's not even just that. We Literally every person we have ever come in contact with has been like, Casper is literally the strongest kid I've ever met.
1: Yeah, Yeah. even even recently he went to the doctors and he had to get his first blood test. And I warned them like as soon as we were going to get the labs done, like, you know, he's really strong uh, just to let you know, like, I'm going to have a hard time holding him down. But it was my mom and I that were there doing that and I had to hold him pretty
0: tight. And, and and here's the thing. Anybody else, it's not even... This isn't a bragging thing. Anybody else who has said to us, he is like literally the strongest kid. It's been at times where he's maybe going somewhere he shouldn't be and you have to yeah. pull him away. Or he's trying to jump off a balcony and you got to drag him away from that. Or you're trying to just get him in you know, his car seat or something there, like that. There, there's things that he shouldn't be able to lift. Right. That That is the equivalent of he's going to score the the winning goal on the other team. I wanted a kid who would be able to be an Olympic runner like Hussein Bolt or Andre de Grasse. And what did we get? We got a kid who, and I, again, this isn't bragging myself, but I run half marathons and I finish typically in at least the top 20, 25% of, of race I'm in. I've had some top five finishes in 10, 10 K races. So he obviously gets his speed from you. No, no, not necessarily. No, no, not necessarily because when he escaped from our house, It took me almost half a kilometer to chase this kid down. He was in socks, running in snow and puddles. I was in running shoes. We wished for a kid who would be strong. And we got a kid who's strong, but not necessarily the things you think. We got a kid who's fast, but fast in the way that it's like, ah, this isn't what you... Be careful what you wish for. And I should preface by saying, when he did
1: that, I went upstairs super quickly, knowing that, you know, I'm not going to leave him alone for very long. He's sitting here content on his tablet. I folded two loads of laundry. He was on his tablet the entire time, just content, sitting on the couch, everything. So I figured, you know what, I'm okay to just quickly go up the stairs, get the twins from their cribs. They can walk downstairs themselves. So like, I don't even need to help them with that. I quickly just got them out of there, uh, set them on the floor for them to come down on their own. Because I mean, like, they're almost three. They don't need help. And I kid you not. Like, I was running to come back downstairs, and by the time that I got back to landing, I heard our back door slam, and then I scream for you because I know that you are so much faster than
0: I would be to try to catch him. Literally, we're out the door within seconds. Yeah, we're, we're, it could not have been more than 20 seconds.
1: And. Like, honestly, after... I mean, he's the reason why we have a house alarm. He's been able to unlock any type of door since he was, like, super, super small because his height was was never something that would deter him because he would just get a chair and then he would reach up and be, oh, un, be able to is, unlock de- This is a
0: kid we have seen grab things from off of the highest shelves. Yeah. Again, at the age of You know, let's say when he was three years old, he would grab a chair, he would stack a box on that chair, and then he would get a stool on that box. The most rickety thing ever. But he has the most incredible balance of any kid you have ever seen. But anyways, after that scare happened, which was
1: just recently, uh, we got maglocks and chains on our door to give us even more uh, time. Right. And we wished for this. It's such a scary thing. I mean, and... As a lot of people know, he is autistic. So, I mean, there is a couple of reasons why he is the way that he is. But, uh, you know, like, it, it's the most scary thing ever that people don't understand that you can't even leave your kid downstairs for, like, two minutes to go upstairs and take a dump.
0: Oh, like... Or, he's... or,
1: or you can't go downstairs to change a load of laundry. Like, I would have to make him follow me everywhere in the house.
0: And, and again, he is smart. Like, he is basically... At the very top level, I mean, it, it, it is not necessarily what people think. When somebody's autistic, they're automatically like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. I mean, it, it, most, a lot of people, you know, they'll have certain skills, but like even among autistic kids, he tests like at the highest level for intelligence. He's extremely smart. But when you're the parent, you realize that for every good thing about your kid, that means that you're gonna have challenges. Yeah. If you wish for a fast kid, a strong kid, a smart kid, you're going to have challenges with it. That. That's what this movie is about that you're missing. Now, do you start to see a little bit of that?
1: I still don't like the
0: movie. Kyle. I don't care whether you like it. Do you see... I can understand where you're coming from, do you but see still what like the it. intention was of this movie? Can you admire no. their, their intention was? No. <sighs> Stubborn. Um, a couple things I want to point out that you have to give me that was great in this talking. Now, you said you didn't like Joel Edgerton in this movie. Joel Edgerton is really underrated funny in this movie. No, I don't. Now, we seen. know Jennifer Garner's funny, but the moment where the other kid wipes out... And he's like, yes, and then he's like, no. I mean, I mean, no, no. Oh, oh. I hope you're okay, kid. Like that was hilarious. No. When the, when the the coach was basically saying, or when the the ref was saying, "Hey, uh, what about this kid? You have this kid," and he says, "I thought that was the mascot." Like that was funny, right? No. Oh, come on. Anyways, um, so the parents end up fighting because this is that breaking moment where they're like, "We didn't realize this, but we are making this about us." These are characters with flaws. You can't have perfect characters in movies. Characters have to have flaws. Um, Timothy, of course, is the perfect child, which is one of the reasons it's hard to relate to him because he is just the perfect child. He doesn't sit there and get upset with the parents or anything, but he's still not telling them there's something wrong because he keeps losing his leaves. Um <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> it's just so ridiculous.
1: He's losing his leaves. Like as if he's like losing his pew bear or something.
0: But um I I like uh I like the way they keep cutting back and forth to the um, the people at this adoption hearing or whatever. And uh, th- th- every, they keep going like, I'm really questioning this. And then when there's suddenly like, you no, know, time's up, it's a nice dramatic moment where Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton is like, listen, all we're asking is just let us finish the story. Like, we need you to let us finish the story. They give them that extra time. Also, another great moment was where, uh, again, missing the point of this movie, was when they were saying something about, uh, you know, we're, we learned from this not that we can't make mistakes, but we just need to learn to make better mistakes cuz they realize part of parenting is making mistakes. You get that point of this movie, right?
1: Yeah, everybody makes
0: mistakes. Right. So then how can you fault them when they're suddenly like getting too invested in the soccer game? I don't know. I just I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> oh, anyways, so wrapping up this movie, basically what's going to happen is um he tells the girl uh, after the, the 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 loss of the soccer game. He tells the girl he's dying, or the audience doesn't know that, but he basically tells her, you know, oh, something's going on, and then she's crying, and even Joel Edison says, you know, I-, I could tell you like this girl, but it looks like he just broke up with her. He's still not telling the parents. There's the town hall meeting. This is where you get the very Frank Capra, it's a wonderful life, Mr. Deeds goes to town moment here, where everybody's in the, oh, we're going to have to shut down. And everybody's, no, no, don't shut down the, 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 the factory. Uh, you can't do this to us. And then suddenly, like, we have a revolutionary pencil right here. And it was invented by my son. And then, of course, his boss is a bit of a douche here because he tried to take credit for it. Now, when you're saying everybody in this movie, it was at this moment where you started getting all offended. You're like, everybody was sitting there laughing when they basically said the kid had leaves. Because Joel is, is basically steps up And says, no, my dad... Or Timothy says, my dad made this pencil. And he's like, yeah, so I designed this. And people are saying like, oh, the the kid has leaves. So he basically says, I came up with this because... Or he says, Timothy has leaves on his legs. And everybody's laughing. And you're basically... Everybody in the room is laughing. Go back and watch the scene again. You hear a couple people chuckling. And then you see a bunch of people who are sitting there nodding in agreement when they're basically saying, no, 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 this kid needs to be listened to. It's like, we're, we're going to be better people I listen to this kid. And you see the majority of the people sitting there nodding. And you, of course, at this point, have so convinced yourself you're going to hate this movie that you're like, everybody's laughing at him. It's like, it is not even close to that.
1: Uh, you know what? I'll just take your word for it because I don't have any interest
0: to go watch it. That's con- at least conceding that you could be wrong there. Um... It quickly turns around because even though they're saying, you know, oh, oh, no, the boss saying, I invented this pencil. And they're like, no, my dad invented this pencil. And Joel Edgerton says, yes, I did it. And Jennifer Garner's like, yeah, he did it. That's my man. Uh, You have the the lady who fired Jennifer Garner, who's the mother of the the boss who runs the factory, who suddenly says, then you'll have no problem telling us how you did this, right? And the son can't answer that question. So suddenly they realize, no, Joel Edgerton's obviously right. The whole... Big moment here is everybody's gonna be happy. Is that his mom? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. They all have the same name. So the two parents own the factory, and their son, Joel Edgerton's boss, runs it.
1: I didn't realize that the the old lady there was his mom. Um,
0: we're gonna get uh, a couple of things. Now, one of the other things is you're like, everybody in this movie is a terrible person. Keep in mind, the one person who's been most standoffish, the one person that. There's really not been a moment in this movie, even during the soccer game, where you felt like he was behind this kid. He's the one who speaks up and says, shut up and listen to the kid, you know? So don't say everybody's a bad person in this movie. Yeah, they pretty much are. Okay, but you you like the, the fact that Grandpa stands up for him? I don't care. Ugh. Anyways, um, now they find the leaves on legs, because of course, the other only other moment where Lin-Manuel Miranda has a line in this movie, is like, I've seen the leaves and they're magnificent or whatever. Um. He basically dies because he loses his last leaf. Now, there's a very well-done death scene here, if you want to call it that. He finally tells the parents, I'm dying, I'm going to go and they're all emotional and they're like no don't do it now this could have been dragged out forever and they could have been like let's stay until the sun comes up and then they they just sit there and let the kids sleep while holding him or whatever but instead it has this really great ending where they're they're going in to hug the kid and he's always said don't worry it's going to be okay they're going to hug him and there's already you can see like the lightning and thunder and all of a sudden there's the thunder and then the lights go everything goes black and when it comes back on they're hugging nothing the kid's gone now did you at least like how effective that sudden death and disappearance was It was okay. I liked it. Um, So he's dead. Uh, They finish. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's dead. So he's dead. Uh, They wrap up the movie. Now, this is one of the things where I'm like, would it work better as a TV show because you could develop one of these characters. You have all the people where they gave the leaves. So they're saying we gave one leaf to this person. We gave one. And like he gives one to the aunt. We don't really see any moment in this movie except for for her kind of giving that reaction in the town hall meeting where she's like, no, 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 don't, don't attack my nephew, you know, uh, she hasn't necessarily learned, we haven't seen a connection that she's made with this kid, you know, the grandpa, okay, I get why he would give one to him, the girl, I get one, give one to him, why does he give one to the guy, the, the Lin-Manuel Miranda, just because he had one scene where he tried to cut off the leaf, like, oh, because he liked the leaves, like, I think if this was a mini series, if this was a TV series, we could have gotten an entire episode dedicated to some of these people. I think that this is a more effective movie. Um, The movie basically ends with uh, them. um, We don't know whether they're going to be accepted after they finish telling the story to the adoption agency. The people just sort of get up and walk out. And then the movie just sort of ends with somebody driving up to the house. And you realize it's these adoption people. And they've brought a new little girl for them. Which again, they're going to be parenting from the age of 12 on. Because I love that they just brought a little girl. What was her name? Her name was like something to do with like a leaf or something like a plant. Like or Ivy, Yeah, or. it was something like that or like Twig, I don't know, maybe let's call Twiggy? her Let's call her Twiggy, okay? But uh but you know, it's I, I wouldn't say it's a predictable ending. I think a predictable ending would have been, or you know, maybe it was Willow. Maybe it was Willow. I don't know. But uh, you know there's going to be some type of happy ending this. I mean, it is you you kept saying it was a depressing movie. Now I can kind of see that because the whole movie if again, if you're looking at it from a certain point of view, if you're looking at it as an well all these things they wish for aren't working out so this movie's depressing you know oh well he uh, obviously got his mom fired
1: depressing because the, the people in it like I said are such douchebags
0: but again you're not looking at the right moments of this movie you have misinterpreted several scenes and anybody watching this movie will be able to see those same things but you know kind of ending with the adopted girl I like that it's it's somebody of the same age again and what I think works about this movie just quickly wrapping it up is it is no, it's not about some magical growing out of the ground again I'm I sound like I'm defending this to the point where it's like, this is a brilliant movie. It's an average movie. It's pretty good. But what I like about it is that it is very real about the mistakes of parenting and, again, about, you know, you wish for something. It's not necessarily... Nothing can be that perfect. So anything that you think might be that perfect, the kid may be perfect. But what comes along with that might make your life difficult. Those are the things I really appreciate about this movie. And I think you have some fun scenes in there throughout. And I think Jennifer Gardner and Joel Edgerton it's a very different type of movie. You know, they can't necessarily have the fun that Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner have, but like, they just seem like they work so well together. And I, I, I really hope that we get some other reunion between Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton. Cause I think they're two of my favorite actors and I think that they work really well off each other.
1: Uh, I think that the only two things that I liked about this movie for the people is Jennifer Garner and then the lady from parenthood.
0: Yeah. So stubborn. Um, Let's wrap this up here. So, first of all, let's just go through critically how this movie did. Um, it didn't do well. So, critics agree with you. Yeah. That's- hold on. That's- hold on. I'm right. Hold on. This movie got a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. No kidding. Hold on. Um, now, I will say it has a 6.6 on IMDb, which is pretty good. Uh, I actually wonder if that might even be higher than 13.130. 30. It's around the same thing. So, audiences much more enjoyed this movie than critics did. It actually did quite well with audiences.
1: Yeah, well, they're stupid too then. Uh,
0: A couple of reviews to point out here. Uh, One, it says, it means well, but The Odd Life of Timothy Green is ultimately too cloyingly sentimental and thinly scripted to satisfy all but the least of many viewers. I agree with this review because I think that the movie sometimes does get a little bit too sappy. Thinly scripted makes sense because there's not enough development for a lot of the things they try to pay off at the end. Um, But... Uh, if you're not a demanding viewer you'll like it um another one here uh says it's an elegant honeyed production photographed by cinematographer John Toll by the way John Toll this is the same cinematographer that won back to back Oscars for um was it Braveheart and Forrest Gump or something like that I, I I wouldn't
1: compare the cinematography to either of those to this. Well, it's a
0: low-budget Disney movie. It was nothing special. But but again, you have a big-name cinematographer. Uh, And it's full of interesting actors. However, he differed on the script, saying, The fable of the gifted child doesn't go for the throat as it goes for its odd business. Um, although Roger Ebert loved this movie gave it three and a half stars said it was warm and lovely fantasy on a picture postcard farm in the middle of endlessly rolling hills where it's always Indian summer and instead of being simple minded like too many family films it treats the characters with care and concern now that's one of the things I like about this this could be your typical the same way that we said thirteen one thirty. it was a little bit smarter and a little bit more thoughtful and realistic than your typical rom-com this isn't your really corny family film you know what I mean like there are family films that would just play it so corny that it would be obnoxious and I don't feel like this one is that you know
1: yeah I mean it was it was just too sappy like you said I think it was just a depressing movie Uh,
0: well you say depressing I mean I I think that it it, it could have been maybe a little bit more cheerful anyways I want to do a flip thing here because we're very much in disagreement I'm going to read a 10 star review and a one star review and we'll see if anybody can agree with us here um. so one here says uh, incredibly heartwarming after reading some of the reviews for the film I was left feeling unsure about whether I wanted to watch it or not but my love for Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton influenced me to take a chance and it did not disappoint Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton were a perfect choice for the roles of Cindy and Jim Green, not Steve Uh, The acting was definitely commendable. The storyline, however, was amazing in an entirely different way. The story was original, and the way the movie was shot added a different kind of magic to it. So there you go. Somebody who actually really loved this movie. Um, We are going to look at, um, when I can find it, a one-star review uh, and see who agrees with Jamie here. Uh, One stars. Let's just look at a good title here. Um, not for kids cliche ending the odd life of oh here we go the odd life of who cares is the title I'm a big fan of Jennifer Garner so even the people who hate this movie can't help but love Jennifer Garner like this is why she's getting a month right
1: yeah she's she's pretty awesome
0: uh, I have been since I first saw her in Alias and then again in catch and release but I have to ask myself uh, what was she thinking when she agreed to this movie people struggling to have a child get their wish when one grows in their backyard their result is just like the name of the movie suggests odd uh, the movie creates a mood of desperation and sadness both in the lives of the husband and wife and the people yeah. in the town trying desperately to yeah. keep their jobs yeah. as the story unfolds the story stumbles around in the dark as it tries to find its way to a happy ending um uh, they want to stop watching with this one where he scores the goal. No effort is made to define the timeline, so I wasn't sure if the movie takes place over days or months. Uh, if you're watching this depressing direct, I'd suggest taking a few Prozac first, but it's neither comedy or drama, but rather morbid garbage that would stink if stink could be p- purveyed via video. Now, one thing I just want to point out that I think is interesting here. I think
1: that's pretty accurate.
0: But I want to point something out. Forget about whether people loved it or hated it two people we read reviews from here just like the two critics we read reviews from different takes on this movie Half the people saw this movie and felt depressed. The other half felt this movie and felt it was warm and uplifting. I'm of the uplifting part. I thought this was a very nice, feel good movie. And you look at it as depressing. And I would love to spend more time on this, but I don't want to right now because you're just argumentative, anyways. And actually dissect what it is about this movie that has people bipolar, because it seems like that's the commonality here. Is it always comes down to people either felt depressed watching this movie or they felt, you know, uplifted. And it's kind of weird that it's not even just us. It seems very polarizing that people have those two reactions, critics and other fans.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just a sad movie, it's just depressing. And not sad even like I care. It's just it's just sad.
0: Uh box office, uh so this movie worldwide made over 100 million dollars. Um now domestically it made 51 million dollars, so uh, about half of its overall take. Uh, Now, here's where it actually gets a little bit interesting, because overall box office, this came out in 2012. Now, 2012 is a huge year. This only places 64th highest grossing film of 2012. It makes slightly more than Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, slightly more than The Grey, that Liam Neeson movie I showed you. You love The Grey, right?
1: That was The Wolf one, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, and slightly more than Red Tails, another movie I love. And a little bit more than Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days, which I think is the best Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. Uh, it made slightly less than The Devil Inside, Paranormal Activity 4, and The Woman in Black. Now, 2012, this just shows you why the overall ranking doesn't matter. This was the year The Avengers came out. Um, the Avengers, The Dark Knight Rises, The Hunger Games, Skyfall, and The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, when people actually still kind of were interested in The Hobbit. Those were the highest grossing movies of the year. Uh, this was obviously a huge year, uh, opening weekend. Another thing that's kind of deceptive, it only opens in seventh place at the box office. Okay. But it opens in seventh place with $10 million. This has to be one of the highest grossing weekends for multiple movies, making over 10 million cause 7 million or seventh place and $10 million. And this movie opened on a Wednesday. So it actually is a better gross than you would think. Cause it had already been playing for two days uh the movie that opened number one this weekend was the expendables 2 i think the best expendables movie uh also the born legacy was in number two Paranorman came out this week sparkle whitney houston it was that the whitney houston movie with um uh yeah it was yeah uh that that beat this too but odd life timothy green obviously uh did well overall um we're not gonna go through plot keywords i already know what you're gonna do you said you're gonna bin this movie right Changing, changing plans
1: no, I'm gonna bin it.
0: Can you just give me something that you're willing to concede here? Something that you're like, nah, maybe I didn't see that, but I kind of get what you're saying.
1: Nope.
0: Hey, I've been willing to concede that I get what you're saying about some things being a little bit depressing this movie. I'm willing to concede that the, the thing with the girl did not work at all. You can't concede one thing. Nope. Then you're being stubborn. Um you're you're bidding it. I'm not gonna buy this movie. Um again, I'm defending this like I'm gonna buy it, but I think this is a solid rent. The reason I'm saying Red is that when I first saw this movie, I'm like, that was a really good movie, and I think it's good for the genre, but I don't necessarily think that this genre is always good. Do
1: you say that you've never seen Bridge to Terabithia?
0: No, I've seen Bridge to Terabithia. I just didn't know it had a book. Oh. Now, if I had to pick between Bridge to Terabithia and this, movie? well, I was going to say, I think Bridge to Terabithia works better than this because v- Bridge to Terabithia, the only thing people remember of that movie is the big sappy ending. But that is an emotional ending that works. The emotional ending in this movie doesn't necessarily work. I think that's where this movie fails. Yeah. They bit off more than they could chew. I mean,
1: just, just like any type of story, though, the book is definitely better than the movie.
0: Yeah, well, I wouldn't know. I didn't read it. But um, but this movie, they had too many side plots that weren't going to have any type of emotional payoff, which is why the emotional ending doesn't work. But I really love what they were going with this, this movie, and I think that I understand it more as a parent now. Even if I appreciate the movie story less now than they did 10 years ago. I I think
1: I have to disagree with you, though, for... Of course you do! For, um... No, this will surprise you. This will be like, thank you! Thank you, Jamie! Thank you!
0: Thank you! Thank you! (laughs) Ha ha!
1: I think I have to disagree with you, though, where you say, like, you think that this movie would be better as, like, a miniseries? Is that what you said? Yeah. I, I think that this this movie would be probably better told actually in a book with specific details. That somebody could notice more.
0: Yeah, no, but again, that's a different medium. If we're talking about filming something like this... I know, but I'm
1: saying specifically for this story, I would see it playing out better as just a book.
0: I just think a movie that's an hour and 45 minutes where you have this many characters with almost no development and they're all supposed to have an equal payoff, that's where you fail. Whereas if you had six episodes, even just six episodes, to develop these characters each a little bit in each episode. And by the time you get to the end of the movie, you care a little bit more about what happens or, or you care a little more about this kid. Then I get it more, but I could see what you're saying. We're both saying the same thing. You're just simply saying you would rather read a story like this. Yeah. And I'm saying if you were to adapt this, if, if this were a book, even if it's not a book, I just think this is better if you were to draw this out a little bit more, but let's move on to next week. Cause next week's the one that we're both really excited about. Uh, along with 13 gone 30, this one we're most excited about that's draft day. And it's funny because of the, the four movies we picked, I think draft day might be the one where, Jennifer Garner might have the smallest role only in that she's not the star in this in 13 on 30 and Peppermint which we're gonna wrap up the month with it is 100% her movie this is like it is Jennifer Garner and Joel Edgerton yeah. shared yeah. um Draft Day is 100% a Kevin Costner movie he's in like every scene of that movie almost yeah. every single scene of that movie but Jennifer Garner is the leading lady and and I think that like so many people in that movie I mean she really gets to shine that's an example of a movie that has a million characters and everybody shines, you know
1: and that's a movie that I don't know if it surprised you or not, but I actually really love that one
0: well i I know that because you got into football because we watched the movie draft day i I, I, I bought Draft Day the day it came out on Blu-ray and I had never seen the movie before. I'm just like, I missed this in theaters, but I know I'm gonna love this movie uh, so I bought it, and I showed it to you and you're like, wow. And it's like, can you explain more about football to me? And I started explaining the rules of football. And then you're like, are there any of the other football movies? So I started showing you any movie with football. I showed you... the replacements. I showed you the replacement with Keanu Reeves, which I think yeah. you'd seen before. I well, showed you Jerry, and Jerry and you Maguire. Showed me
1: the, you showed me the TV show too uh, with What's-His-Face.
0: Friday Night Lights. Yes. And the movie Friday Night Lights. I showed you uh, Jerry Maguire. Literally anything with football I showed you. Uh, but it all became uh, came about because of Draft Day. Now, Draft Day, if people haven't seen Draft Day, give yourself a week to watch this movie... Cause it was I believe it's Ivan Reitman's final movie or at least one of his final movies. Ivan Reitman, of course, the Ghost-er, Ghostbusters director who died recently. Um, and it's a movie that the only movie I believe that ever got full access to the NFL. So they're allowed to use the real team names. They're allowed to use the real logos. Uh, real players and they film this at the real NFL draft now it's a movie it's a football movie that simply all takes place on the day of the draft and really presents it in a more exciting way than you would think a draft would be it's all the behind the scenes stuff and the cast in this movie is so ridiculous I mean Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner right there does she get the greatest leading men of all time
1: yeah I mean he's he's great you can't really beat him well, you
0: if Mark Ruffalo, you could beat him. Maybe Joel Edgerton, but he... I mean,
1: I mean I'm not talking about, like, bangability or...
0: Anything. Well, I wasn't either. Did you assume that's what I was saying? I don't know. That's what I'm always thinking about. <laughs> well, Kevin Costner, there's a man, though, right? I, uh, mean, I mean, I wouldn't turn him one. He's <laughs> Jonathan Kent, right? But but um, speaking of Kent, this movie also has the distinction of probably being the largest cast ever assembled of people who are in superhero movies. We are also going to get Dennis Leary, uh, who was uh, Captain Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, we get, uh, a couple of the smaller roles, but let's just talk about some of the bigger ones here. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, before anybody knew who Chadwick Boseman was, he has a smaller role in this movie that is like one of the most important roles in the movie. Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent on Smallville, uh, in again, a small role that's one of the most important roles in this movie a ton of other people we're going to name almost every person in this movie has been in a superhero film uh, I'm so excited about this movie I didn't know what other month we could fit this in but we're doing a Jennifer Garner month and this was one of the givens we have to do draft days, so really pumped about this one
1: I like that one too I'm very excited about that one and I'm so excited to be moving on from this one <laughs> uh,
0: we have the regular episodes which will be coming out next week uh, Ben actually if you can look it up now just prior to this I think a day prior to this one coming out Ben did a solo review of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I saw that. I
1: saw that. I was I was going to ask you who did that review because yeah. we hadn't
0: seen it. We haven't seen and it. And I
1: actually haven't watched the, f- the first movie all the way through yet, but I want to. I think that's on Amazon Prime.
0: Well, we're getting backed up because we've been struck with sickness several weeks in a row, plus yeah. what was supposed to be the blizzard of the, the century here that turned out to be, at least in our city, outside of the city has been big, but in our city it was supposed to shut everything down and it didn't really. So it's, it's basically
1: just been like a lot of snow with high winds.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're supposed to see, um, Morbius, which I think now we're having second thoughts about because it doesn't sound good. Yeah, I don't see that um, the, the Michelle, yo movie, the oh, I everything. Wanna, I want to see that one. Yeah. That, that one, that would have been my birthday movie. Yeah. I, I'm sure we'll still go see that movie. So we'll bring a review that eventually. Um, the Harry Potter spinoff thing that you, or into, this one's not getting good reviews. None of these movies have gotten good reviews.
1: You see, like, the thing is for me, though, is I'm different than you. That I, I honestly could care less if I have to see something in the theater. I don't think it's a big deal just to wait until it comes on, like, a streaming platform and just watch it on the TV. I don't care as much as you do.
0: Yeah. But we're probably not going to review this movie because it's getting bad reviews. No. Um, but the Nicholas Cage movie, the, the, the one where Nicholas Cage plays himself, that comes out in a week. So we are 100% going to be seeing and reviewing that one as well. Um, next week, uh, we'll have the regular episodes going up 24. Uh, I believe we're going to be wrapping up season three this week, uh, or sorry, season two this week. And we're going to eventually move on to season three. Uh, We are going to have a bonus episode of 24 coming in between the season two and season three ones, which uh, could be fun. Whether you are familiar with the video game or not, we're going to cover that uh, coming weeks.
1: Who's hotter, Kiefer Sutherland or his dad? I know you're a dude and you're straight so that you're not even like bi or
0: gay, but like who's hotter? I mean, Ben would kill me for, for saying this, but you see Donald Sutherland back in his day, like that was a big strapping guy. Like that's a man there
1: you know, I don't, I don't care though about if the like, guy is big and strapping. Cause honestly, like if, if I had my choice between like somebody that was like skinny and lean or even muscular or, or a little bit chubby, I would prefer to be with somebody with just like a regular body that even a little bit chubby or whatever, because it's, it's better for cuddling. You know, I'm not going to body shame anybody, but just for my personal preference, I would personally rather not cuddle with someone who's all skin and bones so
0: so your answer now have you ever seen young Donald Sutherland I don't know I think you showed me a picture okay so there's young Donald Sutherland okay okay now young Donald Sutherland or Kiefer Kiefer okay but you have no problem with young Donald Sutherland I mean
1: that picture he looks like a creepy like photographer that's gonna try to molest you during the (laughs) session like here I mean he's still like quite old in that one but he's hot there yeah
0: well, yeah, Canadian so, too So
1: I think he probably Just got better with age To
0: be honest with you Okay But well, I, I, I can't really answer that question They're both handsome men But uh, Donald Sutherland Like that's a, that's a man Like he's a handsome lad <laughs> That's a handsome lad <laughs> Anyways uh, Then we're also gonna have uh, Lost episodes I hope we are gonna be continuing uh, And Breaking Bad I believe is coming To the end of season or No we're into season 4 now So uh, Keep listening to our regular ones And then Next week back for draft day um, Thank you My name is Colin, otherwise known as Handsome Lad. My name is Jamie, and stop looking at my leaves! Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof as Oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.